Try Folgers, the mountain-grown coffee. Mountain-grown for better flavor. The stronger the grass, the greater the distortion of perception and judgment. A hippie speedball is coffee and cannabis. Welcome back, everybody, to the Hippie Speedball Podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, go ahead and hit that follow button. If you're listening on Apple, go to the stars, go one, two, three, four, five, and then give me a five-star rating because you love this fucking show. So I've been meeting a lot of really awesome people on Instagram and all over the cannabis community. Uh, there's been a handful of people that have been showing lots of love, and so I'm ready to show all that love back. And one person, I started diving into her content, and she's a freaking a horror freak like I am, definitely into the spookier things in life. And so I was like, yo, uh, thanks for following the show. Your shit is really dope, and I really appreciate it. She started following the show, started checking it out, and then we got to talking. I'm like, yo, let's get you on the damn podcast. So everybody from the hippie speedball world, please welcome my new friend, Amanda, a.k.a. Bong Hits and Big Tits. <laughs> One of the greatest Instagram handles I've ever heard in my entire life. Amanda, thanks for joining me, buddy. Ah, thanks for having me, dude. I This is my first time. I'm very nervous. I'm literally shaking, but it's going to be super fun. Oh, don't be nervous at all. It's okay. So you've never been on Terrified. a podcast before? Nah. <laughs> okay, so you're, it's okay. You're freaking popping your podcast, Cherry. It's all right. I will be gentle. It's all right. We can get through this together. <laughs> Already better than the first time. <laughs> At least the, there's consent. The the first time is, oh, damn. The shit yeah. just got real oh, dark, dark real quick. It gets dark. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So uh, you you were telling me like earlier that you had a freaking, you had a hell of a, a trip getting home and you had a hell of an afternoon because you're coming uh, from Michigan. The freaking the Motor City, which is kind of ironic considering that the drivers are out there. <laughs> the fucking worst, man. I don't know. What, like, okay, first of all, let me just say I drive a Kia Forte. Um, it is just a sedan. There is absolutely no winterized anything on it, right? So it's getting a little slick. We had like a random blizzard, as Michigan does. Um, and so I'm, I, you know, I, Michigan has the, you've been here. So like they have Michigan lefts, right? Yeah. Which is kind of like those fucked up, like you can only turn left if you do a U-turn and then you have to turn right. Like you can never turn left. It's legal. <laughs> so like, okay, whatever. So I had to do that. But again, snowing, slick, you know, that first layer of snow, temperature drops, like it's kind of icy. So I'm taking my time. I got my fucking, I have a corgi puppy in my back seat. you know, like trying to be nice. This fucking Jeep SUV. <laughs> just comes up my ass honking and, and the New Yorker and me just like sticks my hand out the window and flips them off. Nice. You know, and then he honks again <laughs> and it's like, I'm not going any faster. So like, you're going to have to you, like, I'm driving here. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of your car. You know, like. Get the fuck out. <laughs> fight me right now. Yeah. All right, boss. You know, like it's just, it's too much. And I, like I said, I come from Florida and we are given the reputation as the worst drivers. So I just don't get it. This is not the Motor City. This is a lie. It's it's it was pretty crazy when I was out there because I mean uh, DL, I know you're listening to this. You're a buddy of mine. I know you're from Michigan too. But you drivers are your drivers in your fucking state are insane. So when I went out there for Heathens. the uh, I went out there for the uh, Detroit Winter Classic. And when they were for the Winter Classic, when the Detroit played against the Maple Leafs, and I was around Ann Arbor and Detroit, and so I got to go all around and shit. And it's insane because a lot of the 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 street signs and the lights are completely obsolete. It's like you know, it's like total anarchy at every fucking intersection. <laughs> like you don't. There's just fucking free for all. There's no fucking. I remember. So this was like right whenever uh, this was in 2014. 
And it was right when a uh, a really nasty like winter vortex hit the Midwest because I remember the Midwest and the East Coast. And so, so you probably remember that because you were were you living in Wait, Florida? The polar vortex when it was like negative fifty. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, like it was in 2014. Yeah, my ass was in Michigan. So you were in <laughs> Michigan. Okay, so yeah, so whenever it was in 2014, in the very beginning, because I remember I had just, I was so thankful that I was going west because I watched every single flight going east just go boop 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 boop, just get canceled right in front of me, yep. and uh, we had to wait for them to de-ice the freaking uh, runway before we could like leave, and they, we had it was like a 45 minute to an hour delay while they were getting shit ready just for us to be able to take off, and it was it was insane and so um but when i was driving it was all snowy and icy and shit like that and there were motherfuckers just driving like in between like just like they would go right in like the grass in the ditch they were just like fuck you just zooming past us and they were like avoiding freaking cars that were broken down and shit like that Sorry, got a phone call. But uh, yeah, and it was like you're freaking uh, the drivers out there are absolutely insane. And like every, but everybody Dog thinks shit. that, you know, everybody thinks that certain states are really bad. Like I know everybody that comes to Oregon say Oregon is like the worst drivers, but Oregon drivers were like too polite. That's the thing about Oregon drivers. Like really? they call it, they, they call it like a, an Oregon stop sign whenever it's like everybody's waiting for the other person to go first. Like nobody wants to take the initiative just to go. It's because we're all like, are you going? Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, after you, but it's no, go ahead. Like everybody's like, yeah, but it, I think it's just because everybody's just too baked all the fucking time. That's probably most of the reason why. Also, ma- also makes sense. Yeah, no, like I said, grew up in New York, so definitely not nice. It's yeah. like we don't stop and stop signs it's a stop and go yeah you know right like you, you fucking go like you don't see anybody you already start looking when you're like half a mile down the street you start scanning to see if you can just fucking dip yeah exactly you know? also is it cool to curse? I know that you have, but I just want yeah, to make sure. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, definitely. Best. That's cool. that's another reason why I'm glad I'm going back to audio only, because it's like that pirate radio, we can say whatever the fuck we want kind of feel. We don't have to worry about all of YouTube's fucking Art. copyright fucking shit that they always like to throw at me. Oh, YouTube. What a disaster. Yeah, I'll get fucking, I gotten copyright shit on public domain stuff. Like I've, I've really? post, yeah, I've posted things that are oh, it's straight that. up in the public domain and I've had to send a reply back to YouTube saying, Hey, this is in the public domain. This is when it became a public domain. This is why I can actually use it. Like just saying, Hey motherfucker, I have the right to just use this. Yeah, that's exactly what I basically had to do. Yeah. And then they, uh, and then they eventually like took the copyright claim off of it because on one of the uh, first episodes of the hippie speedball, whenever I used to have my old co-host, uh, the episodes aren't on YouTube anymore, but one of them I had the um, like an il- little intermission, and I use it again in a f- different episode. But you know, like that famous um, like the "Let's all go to the lobby," yep. like where they're all dancing. So that's actually in the public domain. And then uh, fucking um, YouTube tried to say that I took that clip from a concert where somebody else used that clip. And somehow their computers did that when, like, if you listen, if you actually watch the YouTube video, there's, like, a live audience. Like, there's people cheering and shit like that. It's, like, it's very obvious I didn't take it from this YouTube video. But somehow YouTube's computers picked that up and they were, like, hey, you took it from this band. And, like, hey, how dare you? Yeah. And I'm, like, go fuck yourself, dude. I literally found (laughs) the fucking, I found the fucking file on a public domain website, you motherfucker. And so I have to play their fucking bullshit games. But whatever, we're back on pirate radio, so we can do whatever the fuck we want, right? (laughs) Bet. Yeah, no, YouTube sucks and is full of creepy stuff anyways. My son's about to be five, and he just watches things like Siren Head and 
It doesn't give him nightmares, but it gives me nightmares. So honestly, fuck YouTube. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope they hear exactly. this. I hope somebody goes back to YouTube and is like, hey, some girl that goes by Bong Hits Big Tits says fuck you. Yeah, right? That would be hilarious. They're like, oh, I love her. Why would they say that? <laughs> Not Bong Hits and Big Tits, <laughs> which is a great freaking transition to how did you come up with that name? And tell me about your, your journey on Instagram, because you have a pretty decent following. You have a pretty decent following. You have really good engagement on your stuff. Like a lot of people are paying attention. A lot of people like they they like your stuff. They'll freaking they're sending you you clouds all the time and shit. So, I mean, freaking tell me how you kind of started hold that whole journey and how you came up with the name. Yeah. um, First, shout out to everybody that puts up with me on Instagram because y'all are the realest ones. Okay, (laughs) it takes a special person to deal with my shenanigans. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, so buying it's big tits. I've actually had that handle since I was 17. I just turned 29. Um, so I've had it for a long time and it's because of Tumblr. There was a Tumblr account named Bong Hits and Big Tits. And I was like, yo, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> no. I like Bong Hits. <laughs> I like Bong Hits and uh, I got big tits, you know? And hey, it fits. It just, and it rhymes. And it works, you it's know? like a and dirty it, Dr. Seuss rhyme. God, and it's just, and you know, at first it was just clever. It was funny, like, you know, 17, 18 year olds were getting a, just a good old knee slapper out of that. <laughs> and then <laughs> going into adulthood, you know, I never took Instagram serious. If you like, just, ugh, my Instagram days are from like 10 plus years ago. So, you know, I was using like sepia tone and yeah. all that garbage, you know? But it wasn't until, honestly, within the last five years, like since being pregnant and having my kid where I found this community on Instagram and it was just people smoking weed. Yeah. And I lived in Wisconsin at the time. I was like, what is this? <laughs> and it was so cool because I had never been to a dispensary. I had never experienced a legalized state. Um, so watching people just like get their packages and just quality. And I was just buying like doves, which is a gram, mm. you know, like for a solid 20. And then people were getting like, Ace for like 20 bucks. And I was like, yo, this is the coolest shit ever. So I started doing it. I was like, I can smoke weed on the internet. You know, what else do I have to do with my life? And uh, it just kind of like, I wouldn't even say snowballed because it's definitely taken a few years to get where I'm at, which is, I just, I, I don't know. I don't see my following and see like a big number, you know, because I interact with so many people um, on a daily basis. Like my screen time is solely dedicated to just like responding to people. Nice. Um, But I I mean, nowadays, like what I do is I'm in recovery. I'm actually over a year clean now from heroin again. So congratulations, buddy. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I know that's not an easy thing. That's fucking dope. Yeah. Good on you. Good on you. I'm very proud of you. Well, thank you. Thanks. Thanks, dad. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Hey, I can't say it to my real dad, okay? You know, he doesn't tell me he's proud of me, so (laughs) it is what it is. But I uh, know, so I, I talk a lot about my recovery, and I, I think the thing that keeps people interested in my content is the fact that I'm honest. Like, I tell it how it is. I don't care if I upset people. I don't care how sensitive you are. I don't care about your fucking feelings. My yes. opinions are my opinions. Like, you are my you kind like of it, people. <laughs> you, like, you genuinely don't have to follow me. Like, that's what I don't get, because I'm 29. Like, I grew up, and it's funny, because I was just checking out the podcast with DL. You guys are talking about AOL chat rooms. I'm yeah. like, I grew up in AOL chat rooms. Like, I fell in love with somebody who I saw, like, 16 MFL. I was like... Oh I love you. you know <laughs> like dude 
Like, you know, so to, to see people get so mad yeah. at other people just having their own thought process or opinion or mindset, it's just fucking baffling. So I I, I, I keep it real. Um, yeah. I'm a no bullshit, keep it honest. It's one thing I loved about I your have... content. I loved it because it wasn't just somebody that was just, you know, taking bong hits and blowing them into the camera all the time. And that's it. You know, like I like that you had more depth to your stuff. Like, and that was, yeah. that was and more... that's what people expect. Yeah, exactly. They, they always tell me, I get random DMs from these fucking dudes and they're like, Hey, I see the bong hits or the big tits. And I'm like in my shirt, bro. <laughs> like, first of all, this is not how this like get out. You know, And I don't even respond to people now at this point, but I get those DMs pretty often. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. What's the craziest uh, message you've ever gotten in your DM as an opener? Oh my God. Jesus Christ. That's a tough one. Honestly, some dudes just start off and it's just like fucking dick, you know, <laughs> like it's just a dick. <laughs> so, and, and, and like, it depends. Cause there are some weird looking dicks out there, you know, yeah. and I always open, like if it's just a picture, I'm like, Oh, this is definitely going to be a dick. Well, they're not the, they're it. not the prettiest Oregon. So what's the craziest message that you've got in your DMS? That wasn't just a dick pic right off the bat. <laughs> there's a lot of like sugar daddies out there you know there's a lot of um some guy i was okay actually this one is pretty crazy i was crying about something because i frequently cry and i was crying about something about my mom and my mommy issues and this guy's like do you want me to take care of that or do you want me to get rid of that or something and i was like are you you asking me to put a hit on my mom (laughs) <laughs> I just, no. I don't even think I responded because I was just like, I don't know how to take that. What does that mean? Um, yeah, I was super confused because I don't want my mom to die. Yeah, I just yeah, want her to right. say she's sorry. I'm Jesus just Christ. mad. I'm not like God. <laughs> so I got somebody that I think was potentially wanting to kill my mom for me. Which, sorry, mom. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I said no, or I didn't respond either one. So what was, uh, what was one that you, what was one that was the most effective? Like what, what message have you ever gotten? We were like, okay, I need to talk to this person. Like, what are they, what are they, what do you think is the most effective way for somebody to slide into a person's DMS? I think if you tell a good joke, tell a good joke, I'll have people that'll start with like knock, knock and I'll entertain. I'll be like, who's there? And people will just like, and it's a lot of the times it's a lot of just, punchy jokes that I've heard of course but then sometimes you get that one person that really gets you yeah and just like you're just like oh I didn't think of that well yeah <laughs> um, like I, I saw somebody say oh you know I walked into a bar and there was a Jewish girl there and she tried to give me her number but I told her oh we use names now and I was just like oh I get it <laughs> and then I started talking to that person I was like you're pretty funny so you can be you, you can be here. We can we can be friends. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, and you can appreciate. But just be nice. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Okay, be a nice beat. Yeah, okay, for sure. Well, you would appreciate a good joke because I mean, you've you've done stand up comedy before, and you've you know you want kind of want to get back into that, right? I do. Yes. So tell me about your first open mic. It was a five minute, and I paid like twenty bucks for it. it was in New York City. Oh, that's Queens. right. Yeah. I'm, I heard that they have the, the pay to like the, you know, like basically yeah. like the pay to you play. You pay for like five minutes of time in like some fucking dingy ass place. Um, and I'm pretty sure awesome. it was in Queens. That sounds so cool. <laughs> it was, it was pretty dope. It was absolutely terrifying. That's where I came up with my um, alias name, which is Lucy. And nice. I was terrible. Nobody laughed. 
tough crowd. There wasn't <laughs> really one joke time. that there wasn't one joke that landed. Nope, nope, not one. Not one. It was really bad. Can, do you not, remember? I was not successful. Do you remember any of the jokes? Because so, the thing is, I don't watch female comedians. I watch all the comedians that I love and I would consider people that I idolize in the comedy world are all men. And they're people like Dave Chappelle. Mm. He keeps it real. Love that. Yeah. Um, George Carlin. I have a George Carlin quote tattooed on me. Mitch Hedberg. Which, which, um, uh, okay. So I'm, I'm Mitch Hedberg is by far like one of my top favorite comedians of all time. Just want to throw that out there. What's uh, the, Hedberg, yes. what's the George Carlin quote that you have? It says, uh, there are nights when the wolves are silent and only the moon howls. Yeah, and it's on the back of my cast, and it hurt. Oh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> That's but awesome. my brother's a big George Carlin fan. My brother's a, a big reason that I am everything that I am today. So, I mean, again, shout out to my brother for it being his 32nd birthday today. But, um, yeah, so I, I grew up watching these, like, really intense comedians, right? And I was super young. I was, like, 19, 20 years old. So I wasn't really ready. I wasn't sober at the time. I wasn't the person that I am today that can make fun of my trauma mm. and make it funny, you know? Um, so I just joked about things like having a period oh, and stuff. Like okay. I pulled an Amy Schumer, basically. I was going to say, and you kind of, you went, you went that route, I, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, okay, that, that was, that was bad. And then I tried it again a couple weeks later and that went a little better, but it was just, I wasn't good at, storytelling the way that I because that's what it is for me it's storytelling it's real life moments that I make funny hell yeah that's awesome. I, I've done a I've done a few open mics as well, and it's it was it was a lot of fucking fun. Like I was talking about on the freaking on the uh, episode with DL, and uh, I was really fortunate enough that I had a joke that landed on my first one, and it got people to laugh. And it was a story about my daughter, and it was uh, and that one landed. And then I went to another one, and then I tried out some impressions because I've always been really decent at impressions, and so I, I tried out a few of those, and those ones landed. And then I went to a couple other, but then COVID hit right before I could really kind of like get some groundworks going. But Portland is such a sensitive fucking city. Like it's like, it's, it's really hard to, especially if you're like, you appreciate the comedians like we do, you know, it's like, I also love fucking Andrew Dice Clay. Andrew Dice Clay is one of my favorite comedians of all fucking time. He's the reason that I continue to smoke cigarettes. Little Miss Muffet sat on the tuffet eating her curds and whey. (laughs) That's amazing. Long came a spider. We sat down beside her. We said, Hey, What's in the bowl, bitch? (laughs) I love that shit. Honestly, and it sucks that people are so quick to attack. And I think that's part of the reason that's put me off from going back is that I'm a woman and I'm going to make jokes that mostly women are not going to appreciate because I'm not, hold on, (laughs) I'm not like a misogynist or a sexist, but I'm definitely not a feminist. I'm definitely one of those people that's like, hey, man, you're going to be treated like a person to me. I don't see you as male or female. You're just a human. You know what I'm saying? Like, and there are women that like my comedy and stuff, but it is a lot of dark humor. And it is a lot of things that most of the time women are like, Oh no, you can't joke about that. Says who I'm the one that went through it. Like it's my fucking trauma. I want however I want, you know, um, I hate when people tone police or anything like that. Yeah. Who who are you? Exactly. I don't know you. Exactly. (laughs) And what makes you think that you have some sort of authority over me to say that whatever I can fucking say? Like, if people don't like like it, I'll fucking know. Like, don't try to fucking tell me what I can and can't say. Go fuck yourself. 
Yeah, it's like my neighbor from across the street came over and I'm walking my dog, picking up his shit, smoking a cigarette, no big deal, right? Just typical morning stuff. And he just shakes my hand. He's like, you know, those things will kill you one day. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, Mind your business. If you keep this up, I might kill you one day. Mind you go fuck yourself, man. <laughs> Leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> Like, oh, God. So I, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. But I, I And that's why I really like Instagram because it gives me the ability to make those jokes. And honestly, if somebody has anything negative to say, I will just block them or delete the message and pretend I never yes, saw it. Right. And be like, mm, never happened. Yeah. Or you'll just let the fuck in. You just leave them to the wolves and let your homies take care of them because most of that's, the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's better in my eyes. You just say, okay, oh you're just going to let ever, all your people just end up taking care of them. I, I honestly, honest to God, a lot of the times if somebody is really irritated, and it happened recently too, but if somebody is really just funny, irritating, where I'm like, I want to share this with the world, right? Yeah. Um, my followers i hate referring to them as my followers so like my my homies my people like certain people will go for throats and go for blood Mm -hmm. and it is wicked to see because for one it makes me feel like oh my god i have friends and (laughs) (laughs) two like it's just i don't know that that community gathering like it's just so funny it's it's one of my favorite things is whenever somebody is really upsetting me and i'm like you know what i'm telling my my friends on you and then it's just like a barrage of crazy motherfuckers like i said you just threw them to the fucking wolves that are just and like in these some of these people are just waiting for someone to shred the fuck apart too so some people are having a really bad day and they're like thank you amanda i needed to yell at someone today you're welcome yeah no problem i got you i got you (laughs) it's a form of therapy it's fine hell yeah that's that's freaking awesome and that's good that you are uh that you have like you know people that are engaging and like people that are willing to do that for you and stuff because isn't it crazy when you start to like when you start to be more like authentic with your material and stuff like that it's insane how the the gravity just kind of starts to pull towards you you know it's like it's like some weird physics i gotta learn some sort of physics behind that there's probably some sort of science explanation to that i think it's just that people love to see real life shit i always thought that i had to stick to a theme you know i try to do like borders and shit and it's like none of that fucking matters dude like none of that matters. Nobody cares if you have, like, a checkered board pattern. Nobody cares. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, and if that's your thing, dope. But just, you know, for people who want to be online and an online presence, big or small, just be yourself. Like, honest to God, you will find your tribe of people, no matter how weird you think you are or how many things have traumatized you in life to stay away from people, mm. you will find your tribe. That is for sure. Yeah. I, I like that you mentioned the, uh, the things about that have traumatized you to stay away from people because a lot of us have been experiencing that, like, you know, throughout our lives, especially people around our age, because you're 29, I'm only 31. So, I mean, we're basically, we would have been in high school together, you know, like, right. like and so we're basically the same age and it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of people that have grown up, you know, with these experiences that make them kind of push away from individuals, especially as like social media has like taken over in the world and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are so locked into their stuff. I like that you said most of your screen time is just spent responding, like re- responding to people like that's super fucking healthy, you know, and that, ex- that explains why you have the mentality that you do, because most of us that think this way are all the ones that haven't been fully engaged in our phones for years and years and years. and yeah. years. Yeah, man. 
And you know what? Like, people were so mean to me growing up. Like, my dad was in the Army, so we moved around. I went to three different high schools in three different states for three different years. When mm-hmm. I tell you that it was the hardest thing, when, you know, people were always like, oh, high school, the best four years of your life. No, the fuck is it? Not for me, at least, you know? I have few and far between friends that I talked to from high school. Um, Same here. And that's why it's, like, it's so nice to have the Instagram community, man, because I never... I never had friends like that. I never had people who would go to bat for me. Mm. I never had people give a shit about me. I mean, and, and a lot of things I talk about too is my toxic parents and just how they've never been there for me. Like, it's just been me. Like, mm. it's just been me the whole time. And that shit sucks. So, but it made you the badass. In, it made you, it made you the badass individual that you are though. You know, oh, it's like, sure. it, it does I suck. would definitely not change anything exactly. about life, like, even though it's been hard. If you were like, you know, because my guess is you were probably like me, you were a latchkey kid. Like, you were just basically, you fended for yourself, you just kind of did your own thing, you had to cook your yep. own food, keep yourself responsible on your shit. And so, it, it's amazing, though, when you grew up that way, and then you see people... When you then you, you see people that didn't grow up that way, and just the difference in the way you look at life, and the way they look at life, and the stuff that you seem as a big deal is a lot different than what they seem as a big deal. And you know, oh, yeah. you'll have people like freaking freak out over that. You ever, you ever listen to Christopher Titus, the comedian? I don't think so. Oh, he's fuck. You would love him. He's, I would have to see his picture. Also, sorry, my cat's running like oh, a maniac. Oh, you're okay. It's okay. I have two cats that are running around too, so I'll be looking around as well. And so, but uh, he had a really good joke about. Um, he's like, normal people find yourself some screwed up friends because when shit hits the fan, they step beside the fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like True. And we're like well, we're really we, good at finding detours in life exactly well we're also no we're also really good at you know um you know like being able to be like well i've i've been in this situation before so i'm gonna go ahead and step on over here i'm not gonna right. let that shit happen to me but then he says like normal people they freak out over the smallest things they're all like toilets backed up is there no god <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, so like, dang! Just stick your hand in there and unclog it. Like, <laughs> don't be <laughs> a bitch. I'm just go. And I'm okay putting my hand in the toilet, but fuck, man! Like, just do what you need to do and start crying about it. I, I wanted to mention this earlier because we were talking about it, but I, I totally we got a little sidetracked. What's your favorite Mitch Hedberg joke? Oh my god! There's just so have- <laughs> many. There's just so many good ones. <laughs> There's so many. And it's not, I don't even know if I have a favorite joke. It, my thing about him is I love his delivery. It's, like, it's, just Right? <laughs> it's so unique. I I always, when I think of Mitch Hedberg, the first joke that comes, the first line that comes to mind is um, escalator out of order instead of escalator temporarily stairs. Yeah. Like, that's what I always, or, or rice. Or every time I eat rice, I think of Mitch Hedberg. Oh, God, So those I know, are the things right? that remind me of him. <laughs> One of my favorite. Oh, I lost. I lost your video. Oh, there you are. Uh, and so, um, one of my favorite jokes from Mitch Hedberg is uh, whenever he was like, um, he's like, I think Bigfoot is blurry, and that's the problem. <laughs> it's not the photographer's fault. Bigfoot is blurry, and that's extra scary to me. It's, it's, yeah, it's his voice, man. Like just the way he sounds, just always. Always doped up, honestly, but yeah, know, definitely. So. That's that's the unfortunate thing about what like yeah. hit the the F's tragic end to Mitch Hedberg because he was actually supposed to get a spinoff of that '70s show. He was supposed to get his oh. own, and uh, he was because he was in some of the original episodes, or he was in one of them. I think he was in another one, but he had a speaking line in one, and he was uh, working at the hub, and he worked there. And then he would be like, "He's like number ten. Your order is ready." 
number 10, I have limited <laughs> counter space. <laughs> it's like, I, I did not lose fact. my legs in Vietnam to deal with punks like you. It's like, you still have your legs. Like I said, I did not lose my legs in Nam. <laughs> He's the best, man. Oh, he's Rest fucking, in peace. He is so great. So what inspired you to want to start doing stand-up in the first place? The comedians that I was watching. The comedians. My brother. Okay. Yep. Nice. My brother always telling me I'm not funny, for one. <laughs> <laughs> Just always telling me I'm not funny. He And now, the more that... He laughs so much at things that I say or things that I do now, and it just makes me feel, like, so proud. Nice. I know I've made a difference in my comedic life um because of that that's awesome so, but yeah comedians oh shit oh. comedians <laughs> comedians are my brother um got me into doing stand-up comedy honestly fuck yeah that's really dope uh i was um i went to a comedy show when i was in las vegas one time and it was after i was there is what made me want to try it because i've always loved stand-up comedy i've watched it most of my life and so i've yeah. always loved it and i've always been i always was like the funny guy in a group i was always able to make people laugh and shit i've always been very energetic and able to talk to everybody and in front of people and so uh i was but i was in las vegas and i was at a comedy show one time and we were there and we were so we got put right in the front row and so the comedians were kind of just like chatting with us, like, you know, throughout the show and shit. And I was making the comedians laugh. Like I was just like shooting shit back Ugh. to them and stuff. And like I was making them crack up and then making other people laugh. And I went to my first open mic and it was a, a story, like I said, told about my daughter. And it was uh, I was teaching her about bullies one time. And I told her, I was like, if somebody comes, I was, she was about to go to preschool. And I was like, you know, if you bring, it was like, if somebody comes and like takes your toy away from you first, get it back yourself. If they say no, then go talk to somebody, but first deal with it yourself. And she says, okay. And I say, okay, so let's say I'm a bully. I come up and I take your toy away. What do you do? She says, I ask, can I get my toy back? And I said, okay, but what if I say, no, I'm not going to give your toy back. She looks at me four years old, dead in the eyes. And she says, I get my toy back. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck. It's like, yeah, you do. Do you want like five points above the vig as well? Holy shit. Here's my lunch money. Damn. Here's my here's my lunch money and then ten percent off next week. Here you go, bud. Like I don't Jesus. <laughs> right? They're they're freaking it's that, that that little girl's growing up to be a little badass for sure. She can really handle Good. her own shit. She don't put up with any of her friends' little drama. It's hilarious to see. Good. Because or whatever she, That's my least favorite part. It's oh my god, right? Some of these kids, especially like her little friends, are starting to get all catty with each other too and she's just not having it because they'll um if they make her like choose between them she's like fine i'm going home like she's just like fuck <laughs> off i'm not doing that shit I i'm not playing your games I, I vibe with that energy right and she uh <laughs> one time she was with her friend and her friend was like um she was like gonna leave and then her uh she or she didn't want to do something and then her friend's like fine you're not my friend anymore and my daughter looked at her she's like yeah okay i'll see you tomorrow she was like that's exactly what she said <laughs> this kid's fucking seven awesome she ain't no putting up awesome. with no bullshit right <laughs> how old's your kid he's gonna be five at the end of january and he he's just kind of a little asshole to be honest i love him but yeah he's definitely my kid oh yeah so he's he's definitely not gonna take anybody's shit he already does it that's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's, it's super fun. Yeah, I love every second of it. Hell yeah! What do you? So what do you do for work? Oh my god! So I I work at a cosmetology school. Um, oh shit! In admissions. Yeah. So that's why when you mentioned drama, I was like, yeah, no, I, I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> that is, it's, it's like me. You know, I have a hand tattoo. 
Why am I working at a cosmetology school? I don't know, but apparently they needed somebody that. I've seen tons um, of people with tattoos and cosmetology schools and stuff like that. Yeah, here's the thing. Not the one I work at. Oh, Um, really? Okay. Yeah, it's very much. So, okay, here's the thing. Like, there's two locations. One location is very uppity, right? It's got all the white ladies there, right? Oh, okay, okay. And uh, the other one has myself, and I am a Latina, for those that don't know. And then everyone else is African-American, right? So they stuck me there. Because I apparently fit the vibe. And I was like, oh, okay, I see how this is going to go. So, but it's just like the cattiest environment because there is that difference between the campuses. So we're like always beefing with each other. But then there's internal beefing amongst the campus. And that's just, then it just gets to be too much. And then sometimes the other campus comes and it's, it's a mess, man. And it's just like, bro, let me just do my job. You guys please. keep that shit up. You're going to be fucking hauling Molotov cocktails at one or the other. <laughs> like, what oh if it just comes and firebombs the other person's school? There is, there is so much manipulation and gaslighting and Ugh. vindictiveness in the beauty industry. And my mom's a professional makeup artist. Like, I grew up in that life. Um, so it sucks. Um, it is terrible. It's awful on my mental health. But they pay me a lot. Yeah. That's where they get you. And that's rough. <laughs> yeah, yep. so that's where they've got me by the balls right now. That sucks, especially when you're a parent. They just kind of just like, I know it's shitty over here, but we got this money all the way back here. Yeah. You just got to walk mm-hmm. across this bed of nails and broken glass with your bare feet. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. It is. It's rough. And I, I, I hate it, but I've worked in food service my whole life. I was a bartender for a super long time. Yeah. Um, so you're used to that. And I just wanted to get of, out of that scene. Yeah. But you're also probably used to that sort of like catty, like, you know, that kind of like co worker drama happening because that shit happens a lot in the service industry yeah. too because you'll have yeah. you know this freaking bus boy is fucking this bartender but she's also sleeping always. with this dishwasher and it's all this bullshit it's and, always a dishwasher too right I, I i was a dishwasher i was a little bit i was slut. always cool with the kitchen folks the kitchen <laughs> people are my fucking dudes man it's, like it's, i don't understand why people would beef with them the kitchen the kitchen environment was dope because it was like anarchy in there and also like you were everybody was waiting on them so like if anybody got pissed we'd be like okay we're just like, we're going to make your right. night a live in hell. <laughs> oh, uh-uh. I was so chill with my kitchen crew. And every single restaurant I worked in, I always, like, I would go out to drinks with them. They'd be like, why are you hanging out with the fucking chef? Because, bro, my food comes out quick. Right. I'm getting good-ass tips. So I don't know about y'all, but you should probably consider being Quick faster. and efficiently, too. Most definitely. Right. No mistakes. Not missing a damn thing. Yeah. I've done dishwashing and I worked expo for a little while. And I was, I like, so it kind of was like transitioning out of the kitchen, but I preferred it inside there for sure. Those were definitely, that was more my kind of environment. My homeboy's been working yep. in a kitchen environment forever. And that's definitely where he belongs because he's, he's like us. He likes the, <laughs> you know, he, he's like, you know, the offensive humor type for sure. Yeah. No, that's definitely kitchen people traits. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. It is. It we is. could, we could yeah, smell no, I was a bartender. Room. So I'm one of those like uppity, like I'm better than everybody because I bartend, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get a little, we get a little snooty, but, uh, I've I mean, been a bartender too. Just get people drunk. I've been a bartender too. Like, but I mean, you know, freaking when you're making those kinds of tips, it's kind of hard not to, you know, like the smell of your own shit Honestly. sometimes when you're like, people have no idea the kind of tips you can make when you're bartending. And I got good Wild. tips as a dude. I can't imagine what kind of tips you got. <laughs> I'm telling you, there are so many ways. I got a $2,500 tip once. Damn. Yeah. I finesse the fuck. One thing I love doing, and it's going to sound real bad, I love 
taking men's money. I think it sounds super shitty, but I love taking dudes because I've been wronged by so many men that it makes me feel good to just hurt them a little bit, but in a non-violent way. You no, know, it, it, you're just getting a little bit of revenge. I can get that. No, I can. It's just, yeah, it's just a little bit of karma that I'm definitely owed. So, but yeah, like I so said, I, from I coming from a Robin co- men. coming, you love Robin men exactly. <laughs> you love Robin men, and I, I don't Women mind. Women are too smart. What's that? Can't rob. You can't rob a woman. They're too smart. Trust me, I've tried to finesse money. <laughs> I just love doing it. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, it <laughs> so can weird like. It can be done. It's just got to be under the right circumstances. So since you started doing, uh, this is kind of a transition back into like Instagram and stuff. So since you like, we were talking about like the cattiness of like your work environment and stuff. Have you experienced any of that in the Instagram world too? Oh my fucking God. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have. And I remember the first time that I experienced some bullshittery and I started my business, which I'm recently starting back up actually. Um, and it's just like a CBD skincare business. So I make like bath soap, soap, um, men's products too, and things like that. Just sweet random slew of stuff. Yeah. It's called the medicated mama. So I have an Um, idea for something that you should make and I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to cut this out of the podcast so nobody takes it. Um, uh, so you should make a CBD beard products because I've never seen that. I do. Do you? I do because yes, because actually I would like to refer to myself as the woman who invented beard kinks. I am obsessed with beards. I'm actually going to barber school to specialize I'm actually, in beards. I'm actually sp- I'm, I'm growing mine out right now, actually. So. But it's coming in very nice. You have Thank a very you. like full beard. It's yeah. not patchy. So I, I got I got very very blessed with my genetics for sure. Like, yeah, I got for sure. Just keep it up. But yeah, I do make beard products. Um, those are the men's products. I make beard balm and beard oil. Sweet. Okay, so I yeah. really need some good like beard balm or beard butter. Like, what is it? You. What is it scented with? It's, I make a, a few different scents. They're usually like pretty manly scents. Um, mm. But yeah, like sandalwood, teakwood, musk. Um, sometimes I'll throw like amber in there because that's real nice. Even though I know that's very feminine, but. It works really well with a couple blends that I've mm. come together with. Hell yeah. I need to freaking get yeah. some of that stuff for you. What was what is the company called yeah. again? The Medicated Mama. The Medicated Mama. Okay, I'm gonna check yeah. that out and everybody on the hippie speedball world keep a lookout for that because possibly doing yeah. a little stuff together because I want to get involved in that. Especially if you're <laughs> gonna be making men's products like we were just talking about. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, no, my uh, son's father has a nice beard and he's the reason I started making the products and so nice. yeah, just But um, yeah, so I started that Um, just going back to what you're saying about like cattiness. I I started that and I shared it. We had a little group chat. It was me and like six other bitches in California, right? I can call them bitches. It's fine. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) so I shared it like I shared a post from my the medicated mama page and I sent it to the group chat. Right. Because another girl had done it for a couple of things. And I was like, okay, so like we're cool. We can do this. And uh, I thought these like I thought they were my friends. And Again, playing myself, but um, this one bitch got so mad at me. She was like, how dare you use my group to fucking, I don't know, try to get money. And I was like, oh. Wow. <laughs> Calm yourself, for one. Um, and that was my first experience of just like, bitches being good. But I, I was so used to it because I've never gotten along with females, to be honest. Mm. So I fully expected it when i went to a group chat with like all women from like the bay area of california i was like yeah this is probably not gonna end well new york and you know like it just never ends well so yeah it is what it is but I, it, it happens a lot 
Mm-hmm. A lot. I'm starting to notice Yeah, I've been it. in a lot of situations. I, I'm starting to really, really notice it. And I'm like, any sort of like actual like drama that's going on, I definitely stay. I'm just kind of like sit there with my popcorn and watch people tear themselves apart, you know? And so that's that's normally just the way I just kind of approach things. But I, I've, so I mean, for those that listen to the podcast and now that you're getting more into the show, you'll find, you'll hear me say this, but like uh, I was off social media for a very long period of time. And I, I, you know, was that I was like, literally, I've never even had an Instagram until I created one for the show. Never once. Like, I so my Instagram is like, oh. it's like only like a year old. Like, I've never even experienced Aww. any of this Instagram shit. And so I've, um, I just, like I said, you were my 1000th follower, by the way, like, which was super fucking cool that it was you that I happened to have my 1000th follower on the fricking podcast. So now we have this like stapled in time that you're my 1000th follower, <laughs> even if it yep. drops to below a thousand at one point, you were number 1000. <laughs> I was exactly, and so shout it's, out to myself. <laughs> ex- hell yes, shout out to Bong Hits Big Tits. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've experienced this sort of like the the clout chasing catty nature of like some of these people that are in the Instagram realm, and it's it's quite astounding to see, you know. And like I, 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 I'm I'm excited for karma to really pay it forward for all these people that are acting this way because it's just going to be funny to watch them just rip each other apart or see all the shady shit they're doing behind the scenes come to light and stuff. Like one of the things that bothers me the most is when I see people. Like, okay, so I I have a rule for myself that if I ever do anything for charity, it will never be on camera. It'll never be on pictures. I will never be photographed or anything like that doing for it. As it shouldn't be. Exactly. And it fucking pisses me off whenever people do certain things. Unless you're promoting it. Like, unless you're like, like, you know, you're posting about it saying, hey, this event is going on. Dope. Go ahead, do it. Yeah, but, but that's like somebody's worst part of their entire fucking lives, and you're going to publicize it. Yeah, or it's just what? like so people can be like, "Wow, you're so nice." Exactly, like that. That shit is what I'm talking about. That irritates me. Is like the the oh my god, look how we're helping out humanity, you know? And of course, it's only during the Christmas season that it, you don't ever see this shit like outside of the Christmas season, which really fucking nope. bugs me, you know? And it's like I remember this one time. It was one of the things that actually made me get off Facebook. Because I was off Facebook for like two and a half years, even before I started the podcast. Like I was, I I never pay any mind to social media, any shit that ever has happened, any sort of trends, no fucking idea about. So I'm learning about tons of new things as I'm getting involved now. But one of the posts that got me to get off Facebook was this one girl that I know. She posted about like uh, giving this homeless man her gloves. And she was like, oh, on my way home, I gave this homeless man my gloves. It feels so great to be able to help someone out in need. And I'm like, I'm done. Like, I was just like, I, nope, I can't. Fuck you and your gloves. Like, I didn't even respond. I didn't say anything. I was just like, I can't do this because this, this whole realm is just full of this bullshit. And, and it's, and it's, and especially when I'm seeing people, like, whenever someone, like, is, they think a certain way and then they learn their lesson later in life, I think that's a beautiful thing. But one thing that bugs me is whenever I'm talking about something for years and years and years and years and years and everyone says, I don't care. It's not my problem. This, that and the other. And then all of a sudden they're trying to educate me about it. Like, fuck yep. 
you like that like i can't stand that shit and i'm seeing it all over social media i am seeing oh, it God. all over the place and i want so bad to call these people out it's like i wish Dude. i wish i had like text messages and stuff like that back in the day because i didn't even get a cell phone until i was almost out of high school i had to buy my own fucking cell phone so like i wish i could get some of these conversations that some of that I was having with some of these people like on tape or something like that i'm like bro like come on like even after that even before even everything before george floyd no one gave a shit about the ghetto no one gave a shit about the communities like i would be talking about the stuff with my friends and so many people would be like well i don't live there it's not my problem and i'm like but these fucking neighborhoods are falling apart man like i don't even live there anymore but i used to so i know what's going on like this is a big deal and then they would always tell me to go fuck myself and these are the same people that are like black lives matter we need to do this why aren't you doing anything like this and they're like you know standing there with their fist up in the air and i'm like dude like you guys look so fucking dumb now don't get me wrong i definitely am all for black lives matter as as a statement yeah as a statement there we go like i definitely not an organization a little yeah but I, I, you know, I did the marches and stuff and it really hit me because I've always been passionate about inequality and injustices yeah. and my favorite superhero is fucking Batman. Like I fucking hate injustice. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like me so too. Like, I don't know if you can oh, see like, it, but I got a Batman starry knife right. Oh, hell yeah. There. That's wicked. Isn't that cool? Hold on. Let me try to move it so oh. you can see it better. There you go. No, that's wicked. I'm jealous of that. That I'm was painted for me. Shout out to Misty. Hell yes. That's yeah. a dope Batarang. <laughs> and I have the Tim, uh, that's the, yeah, the Christopher Nolan logo. And yeah. I've got the Tim Burton one. Tim, yeah, the Tim Burton one's my favorite. But I do have a Batarang knife, actually, somewhere. That's fucking um, dope. Hell but yeah. yeah. Big bat. So, like, I've always, growing up in, you know, Miami, so I spent the first 12 years of my life there, born in Miami. Um, then we moved to New York. We moved to West Point, which is a military academy. So, whenever I say New York, like, people always assume, like, oh, the city. It's like, no, New York's a whole fucking state. But right. <laughs> alas, I digress because nobody knows, like, New York. Um, but I did spend a lot of time in the city. And especially when I was an addict, I, I hate to say that, but that was the best place to go score or when I lived in Jersey, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and I, I grew up, you know, living in those communities and growing up in those communities and growing up with, people from those communities and I've always been passionate about you know like the imprisonment of people of color mm-hmm. you know I've, I've always been passionate about those things and I've spoken out about it and now everyone wants to fucking do this big show mm. because oh it's all over the news and it's all over social media and look at us we're so cute and I remember going to a march and it was in Milwaukee you can actually find it on the news and there was a, a house that was for sex trafficking and then live ammunition happened and like there were bullets flying by my head, dude. And I ended up with PTSD from it. And I remember somebody was trying to like push me in front of them. He's like, no, no, you're, you're the one that has to go. And I was like, oh, sh- I'm not a human shield. Like, wait a fucking minute. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then I realized like, this is not what I think of when I think of Black Lives Matter. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, 100%. So, like, Dude, I, I live in Portland. Tell me about it. Like, Portland has uh, not had the best reputation throughout 2020. 
Like we no, were having constant no. riots. Downtown Portland is is getting really, it was on really fire, bad. Basically, like well, and a lot of it, yeah. Like so, I mean, it wasn't like the whole city, but like there was always like every every single night they were trying to light the Justice Center on fire. They were trying to light the Ice Building on fire. They were trying to do other things like that. And like, and and the thing is, is like I get the I get the initial rage behind it because like there's only a yeah. certain like I'm a firm believer. I wrote this lyric a long time ago. That's uh, day turns to night. Keep poking the dog soon enough it's gonna bite and if you keep on knocking on the devil's door soon enough he's gonna answer then you can't go back anymore like and then that's a i'm a firm firm believer in that and that's great and thank you i appreciate that I worked, by the way <laughs> thank you I, I really appreciate i it's a, a really deep song i wrote a long time ago we can go into that in a minute it reminds but me of a mortal technique go on that's exactly what i kind of modeled it after if you actually listen oh. to the whole song it's very it's very much like uh um Oh God, what's that point of no return? It's, it's got that, it's got a point of no return kind of vibe to it. But, um, I, so I get the initial like rage behind it, but I also think that when you have initial destruction, you need to worry about regrowth. You know, it's like, think of like a forest fire, you know, it's like, you're going to have this lightning that's going to come and strike because eventually this is just, there's just too much going on. And then eventually this just needs to burn down, but then you need to also have the growth that comes afterwards. So it's like, you know, you have the initial punching of the wall, but then you need to take a deep breath and then also refocus on what is actually going on. You know, like what is, what is the, what is the fight actually going for? Because now Portland, the, I mean, of course it's nothing like Detroit or Chicago or anything like that, but Portland's homicides are the highest that they've been in decades. Like it's, crazy how many shootings are happening right now right now in portland and somebody that i'm kind of like you know uh that i wanted to have on the show just recently got shot in freaking portland he's oh he's gonna God. he's gonna be okay but uh he, he, he got caught up they weren't after him he got caught up in crossfire and so it's just been really crazy shit going on but also it's like you know the the concept of defunding the police and we're like well why isn't anybody doing anything and i'm like well they took their fucking money away like there's none of them left like what what do you think was yeah. going to happen and but of course people are going to write that off as and that everything's got to be this is one big pet peeve everything's got to be political yes. people are like that's very republican of you that's right? very trumpy of you and it's like no bro it's very real fucking mystic of exactly me. that's all it is exactly i'm just telling you like this is not a plausible way to go about this no you are not thinking this through like you're acting out of anger and only anger exactly and you need to just sit and think for a minute dude exactly take a deep breath and let's think logically of what is at the root of this and how can we fix it you know like in my opinion i think one of the ultimate ways that you could fix the problem amongst the police department and all the issues that they have is treat them like the fire department i've said this multiple times on the podcast it's treat them like the fire department because when the when the fire with the fire department is not out on a call what are they doing they are constantly training constantly they literally have training drills they do every fucking shift they have cleaning duties they have camaraderie they have events they have all this different shit that they're doing for the community and that's why no one has beef with the fire department and another reason why is because the whenever one of the reasons why cops can get so like aggressive so fast is because when you're think of it like when you're when you're driving it's this it's the science behind road rage because you're constantly tense you're constantly alert like you need to make sure you're focused on all the cars around you that's why if somebody pisses you off when you're driving it's like tenfold compared if you're not driving like they could do something while you're driving and it will just make you want to lose your fucking shit so imagine you have that on top of 
No one likes you. Everyone's trying to avoid you. Like if like you could get shot at, like all this other kind of shit. So the second that something happens, that's why a police officer is normally so fucking tense so quickly. But if they if you were just to get rid of like street patrol and to make it so someone calls the cops, they're waiting at a fucking station, they get in their cruisers, they go. Like the fire department. Right. Treat it like that. Because what are they gonna do? They're gonna be calm when they get there because they've just been chilling, doing their training. They've just been doing their thing. Right. So like when they get there, they're gonna be like, Hey, 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 what's going on? Like, you know, they're gonna be a <laughs> lot more chilled out instead of just be driving around and then just have to fucking hop and drive fast down there because they're gonna be super agree. tensed up whenever they get there. I think that would have been the smartest approach to the whole situation. Yeah, but nobody wants to think that way. They're just like, get rid of them. It's like we can't. You don't mm-hmm. under like. Do you not understand? We cannot get rid of them. Yeah. No matter how many shitty ones there are, like we know that some of them suck, but we cannot get rid of them. We Even just have it, to figure out a way to just make it work. Exactly. One, we figure out why do they suck. Like that's it's like yeah. you know it's like we get it, but there's going to be bad everything everywhere. You know you're going to have corrupt doctors, corrupt nurses, corrupt surgeons. Like you're going to have people like you know death doctors that'll go around and fucking just wipe people out. You have death nurses. You have all this other kind of shit. You know it's like we can't just get rid of them. We need to go to the root of the problem. You know it's like these. And it's like whenever people have like these, uh, you know, like these needle and gun drives and stuff like that. I feel like that's just putting a Band-Aid on the issue when it comes to the violence yeah. and the things that are happening in the neighborhood. You know, like for, for you know, for us that have like, you know, spent time in these areas and stuff like that. I think one of the best solutions or one of the roots of the problems of these areas and these low income neighborhoods is it there's the, the two things that I think at the root of it that are missing are self-knowledge and opportunity. I think if you were just to present those two things, you could almost fix everything because you could teach people to police themselves, take care of themselves, start their own businesses, have entrepreneur minds. That's why if you have some of these entrepreneurs that take some of these kids under the wing, they change their fucking lives because they're open up their minds to think in a different way that they've never even considered before. Because you could have this kid that's a really great fucking hustler like I was. You know, it's like you they could sell a lot of fucking drugs. They can do their thing. But if somebody were to pull them aside and say, hey, man, you know, you could like start this business and do it this way instead. You know, you could yeah, still make a lot of money. Skill. Exactly. Like you're a hustler. Know that and take it somewhere else. You know, right. that's don't why discredit them or the ability or the skills that they may have from having to grow up and learn different sets of life skills than other people. Exactly. They're still beneficial. You just have to like hone in the skill. I always say, I wish I had myself like 15 fucking years ago. Oh, we'd be you unstoppable. Know what I'm like, the person I am right now. We'd be unstoppable. We, we would be fucking. That's what I'm saying. Like imagine what I could have accomplished now, you know? And like, I, I hate to look back on things, but there, there are times where I sit there and I'm like, if I had somebody like myself back then, man, that would have been life changing. You yeah. know? Exactly. That would have been wild. And that's the great thing. And I'm glad you brought that up because for people like us that have been through these sorts of things and we see this like perspective on life, it's kind of our obligation to be that person, you know, like, especially if you're a good communicator, like we are, like we love, we, we both have the gift of gab. So it's, it's the, we, we, it's like our obligation to be those people, you know? Right. And I'm extra loud. So Exactly. Well, hey, it's perfect. You know, you're great. You got it's awesome because the the levels are looking nice and even. I got the microphone all like yeah, no, you're you got a great volume, so you're awesome. <laughs> that worked out perfectly. But beautiful. It's, Love it. Yeah. And so I think that those are really like some those would be like really beneficial solutions. But with everything that was going on, uh, it, nobody was wanting to think that way. Nobody was wanting to think logically, you know. 
That's why, you know, nope. treat it like treat the police like the fire department because everybody will cool with them. You don't look at a fire truck and then, you know, like wonder if they're one of the good ones. You know, no yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, my God, they're going to go save like a cat. Yeah, or a fire. Right. I don't know. It could be one or the other, honestly, because they're super chill. I used to I don't used, bother anybody. We like them. Exactly. I used to be training to become a firefighter. Once firefighters can use cannabis and they're not going to be forced to take the vaccine, I'm all for it. You know, like that's like that. That's Lit. when I'm about yeah. to fucking jump right back on it. If that ever happens, I mean, it's definitely asking for a lot. But hey, I might be a fireman too. Hey, hey, but I think that eventually, uh, if this shit keeps happening, I think a lot of stuff's just going to end up slipping into the private sector. That's what I think is going to end up happening. I think you're going to have I, I think you're going to have private security companies popping up replacing police departments. I think you're going to have private fire departments, private EMTs. Like I think all this shit's going to end up slipping right into the private sector, you know? Oh, but shit, then it's going it's all good. It's gonna, it's going to end up being, you know, the 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 government that's going to try to slip in between there. So if we can set things up to make sure that doesn't happen in the process, then maybe that can actually happen. You know, because how how much yeah. better would it be if you'd had a different phone number you could call instead of the police? Because you know these people are going to come and take care of it the right way. Right, it's like choosing a car insurance. You're going to go Geico or Progressive? Like, which one's more responsive? You know, exactly. I say we should do it that way. I want boards that. Exactly. Hey, you know what? Actually, you just described. That's actually the original concepts of anarchy. That's actually what anarchy is at the root. It's having the ability to do that. Nothing's run by the state. Everything is done like that, you know, and you can have supply and demand in an anarchistic state. But the only thing is, is you don't have any elected authority over another. You know, it's like we're all people aren't ready for that. Like a lot of people get the concept of anarchy actually wrong. You know, like it is chaos. It is. Don't get me wrong. It is complete, utter fucking chaos. But at the same time, if you look at the way human nature actually works, like it would kind of subtle itself out because think of it this way. There's, there's a really, there's, I'm going to pull a lot of quotes from this guy who kind of like opened my mind up to all this shit. His name is Michael Malice. Are you familiar with him? I'm not. Okay. So he's on a lot of different podcasts. Like he's uh but he's like an intellectual guy, but he's an anarchist, like hardcore anarchist. And he, but he, the way he explains it, I'm like, Oh shit. Like, I never actually considered it. It's like uh, a civilized version of anarchy. But basically, the way he described it was really interesting because he's like, think of it like whenever you're at like a, a bar or whenever you're somewhere and a fight breaks out, right? Like, there's not, there's no police there. There's no nothing. Who breaks it up? The people. And why is that? Because violence is fucking expensive. It's expensive on society. It's expensive on our emotions. It's expensive on our bodies. It's just fucking spendy. So it generally doesn't last very long. So like that that concept of human nature actually kind of shows that it would basically there's a lot of things that would end up revolving resolving itself. Like, you know, the, and then you would have That's like, true. you would have crazies that would be like, hey, I can do whatever the fuck I want. But then you're also going to have civilized crazies who will go after that person because they don't want that shit around. So it, like, like, you know, there's like it wouldn't be able to work probably on like a massive scale like we have now, because if you were to have an anarchist society, then it wouldn't be a country. But it's basically the concept of, you know, I don't have any elected authority over you. You don't have any elected authority over me. We just are two gears making this whole machine operate together. Yeah, which honestly makes sense if you really think about it. And you're right. People do have some terrible preconceived notions about what anarchy is. And I mean, I definitely don't know to a T what anarchy is. I just know it's not as bad I'm, as everyone I'm has still made a student it about it myself. Yeah. Like, it's just it, it's a different way of conducting life and people are just so fucking scared of changes like that because they've been so used to 
one way of living for the most part when it comes to like politics and things like that and the government mm-hmm. we've had it one way that to change it to something else is just so scary yeah it's like well, what if something goes wrong what do we do i guess we'll figure it out you know <laughs> right we start like, over that's the point yeah we try it again exactly you know? <laughs> we realize that burner's hot so we're not going to touch that one anymore seriously i mean honestly we just have to like i don't know paddle off a few people and we'll be good for sure. Condition them. Yeah, nice reference, by the way. Very smart. That was a very yeah. <laughs> that was a very smart joke. I liked that a lot. <laughs> I'm not even I'm gonna explain smart. it. Yeah, I'm not even gonna explain that to people. That's a great fucking joke. <laughs> that was awesome. No, if they don't get it, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Fuck them, right? Hey, well, that means they're conditioned to do it. Oh, he just oh, did it again. <laughs> <laughs> right but uh he was he also explained it too that the if you look at the way like um if you look at the way countries like actually like operate with one another they're almost always in a state of anarchy with one another because like like they don't have any authority over each other they are just nope. kind of this working machine so it's kind of the way yeah, they're just our, bickering. yeah it's kind of like but eventually they're like okay well, we're going to fight, but what can we actually do? Normally, it's a terrible decision, but that's generally what the concept is because there's no person that's like saying, oh, well, I have this, you know, we elected you leader of the world, so therefore you have this authority over all of the other nations now. And so, it's yep. you know, they're kind of constantly running in that state. So I think that would be like, I don't know, it would be a really cool concept on the fact of the private sector because like you know like i said we could have our own private firefighting company our own private like fire companies our own private freaking police force our own private militaries our own private investigators you know like i i was i was talking with my neighbors like we were uh, like i was saying we're basically chasing fucking tweakers out of the apartments all the fucking time now and so we're needing to there's like a person who just posted up a freaking tent in the back so we got to give him the old eviction notice and so, like, <laughs> whoop this homeless dude's ass. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, not not unless he puts up a fight about it. We just got to tell him he's got to go. Like, you know, it's like, hey, it's man, fair. you got to leave. Like, first, first, I'll ask you, then I'll tell you, and then I'll make you. You know, I have a very simple, simple three step program. <laughs> it's very, yeah, exactly. It's very self explanatory, too. You know, it's, like, you know what you're going to get each time. Exactly. If you choose to take it to level three and get your ass whooped. Well, especially since you. he's camping like around an area where all the kids play. And it's like, no, I'm not cool with no, that. No, bro. Yeah, no, 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 no. And I'm they like, caught our mailman peeing in a Gatorade bottle. Like, and the mailbox is right by the park. Mind you. And everyone was like, you can't do that. So a group of dads just went out there and punched him or something. I don't know. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, no, they took down the mail, dude. We were like, what about our mail, guys? <laughs> what about Christmas time. <laughs> no one's going to take <laughs> the mail anymore. <laughs> I have bills. Don't take that route. <laughs> like, they're not going to say But anyway. yeah, they, they whooped his ass, I think. I don't know. I, I'm on a Facebook page, and this place is wild. Mm. Yeah, and... Um, Oh my God. How did we get on that? Co- oh, the, the fucking tweaker guy. So I was talking with the apartment complex people and like other uh, people like the, some of the other parents in here. And I was telling them, I was like, we need like our own like police force that we could call for shit like this. Like people that would just come handle it. Bing, bang, boom. It's done. Like you could even hire like a private investigator for like the intelligence unit of it. Get like ex special forces people to be like your SWAT team. You can't like you could literally organize your own police. What force. is the neighborhood watch though? Because I imagine the neighborhood watch is exactly that. Just a private force of people who if you call them, they're like, Well, 
we take care of the neighborhood, like a, a neighborhood Batman group. See, that would be cool if it was like actually how neighborhood watches work. But normally it's like little community programs that make people feel good. It's not actually motherfuckers that are really going to roll out and, and snitches, go take care of. snitches across the street. That's what I'm saying. Like they're all like, it's like, you know, they're all like the Abna, Abna. It's those fucking people, <laughs> you know, like those are the neighborhood watch. But like they need like a yeah. real neighborhood watch, you know, it's like some motherfuckers that'll just go up and like and just mask up and go walk around with baseball bats and be like, all right, who's around? Who needs to fucking leave? You know, that's why I like bikers, you know, because yep. bikers can be some friendly people man and they get again a negative connotation just because of the way they look and it's like bikers do so much for their communities sometimes i mean there's yeah probably not so nice bikers but for the most part they do good things right and whenever you see like a biker group will take you down you know what i'm saying or whatever they call themselves them and their little vests their clubs so i feel like yeah the clubs They'll take you down. Yeah. Okay, they do not mess around. I watch Sons of Anarchy, and I feel like that's exactly how it works. So <laughs> that is 100% what I am basing all of this off of, is that everyone is like Sons of Anarchy. It might be kind of a shit show. So as... But you know they've got your back. So uh, someone who has hung around bikers before, like partied with bikers before, it's uh, it's definitely a whole new environment that I wasn't used to for sure. But... But is it like Sons of Anarchy? Uh, I never really watched a lot of Sons of Anarchy, to be honest, so I can't really give a good opinion on that, unfortunately. But I will say it was fucking nuts, and you can definitely tell these fools are outlaws and they live by their own rules. That's for fucking sure. And I, that's that's but that's one thing I just I respect so much though because they're just like yeah. nah I'm not I'm not part of your society I'm not, I'm good <laughs> you know it's like I have yeah, so good, much literally. yeah it's like I have so much fucking respect for that because. And, and like, and you think about it, like, what is more free than a biker? I mean, they hop on their fucking, go, they hop on their fucking they bikes go. and they're gone. Like, you know, they have you ever seen the wild one with Marlon Brando? I have not. Yeah. Like, it's so good. It's so good. And it's a, it's a, a old movie and it's like, um, it's kind of how like the biker image like kind of became popular was from the wild one. And so he had like, they were like a bike club and they had like their leather jackets and they had their club names on the back. And because before then nobody really knew what these motorcycle clubs really were, unless you had interacted with them because the way they started was a bunch of, um, uh, I don't know if you knew how like the origins of these motorcycle clubs, but back in world war two, a bunch of pilots uh, came back from war and they learned how to ride these freaking German motorcycles while they were out on freaking out in Europe. And so they came back, they bought motorcycles and they formed these racing groups, mostly because they had a hard time adapting back to civilian lifestyle after being in battle for so fucking long. Because these were guys that had served for a long fucking time. So they couldn't really like readjust the civilian lifestyle. And so they started these racing groups back in after World War II. That was actually how the Hells Angels started. Because the Hells Angels was originally a B-52 bomber unit. Yo, this is like some crazy biker insider info that I never knew that it's actually, I would be so it's, interested It's actually by. really common knowledge if you ever just look into it. It's it's pretty, it's, yeah. Also, if you ever, I never thought to just sit down and Google bikers. Hey, hey, that's why you got me around now, bud. <laughs> <laughs> to, I love new things like that. Hey, that's what this podcast is all about. Like I said, and freaking it's like you're smoking a bowl or drinking a cup of coffee with a really cool person. And then you end up learning shit you didn't even realize you want to know. That's the Hippie Speedball Podcast. 
That's, that's true. That's, or apple juice. And 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 water and weed for myself actually today. <laughs> yeah. But Sometimes yeah, you need it. Yeah. Essence of life. They're they're definitely a whole different breed of their own, but I've always freaking been fascinated with them myself, you know. Like I mean with with knowing how they operate and knowing how they live their lives and shit. And like I said, the ultimate freedom. And what I was getting at with the wild one earlier is there's a line in there where he's like talking to this girl and he explains it really well. And he was like, he was like, basically she said kind of like something along the lines. I'm probably really misquoting this, but basically kind of like said that he wasn't like a free person. Like he was kind of trapped to this image or something like that. And then he was basically telling her, he's like, I'm more free than you would ever be in your life. He's like, because if I want to go anywhere, I'm gone. He's like, I can go. He was just like, you're the one that's stuck. <laughs> he was just like, Damn. yeah, right. Marlon Brando fucking he's, you know, that's legend. Very Marlon Brando. <laughs> very Marlon Brando. Right. Very, very much. Definitely. So. I should watch that. It's, it's a good one. It's a really good one. Have you ever seen the uh, um, have you ever seen the Indiana Jones the, the with the crystal skulls? Like the newest yeah, one. Yeah. So uh Shia LaBeouf, whenever it he's like riding around on his motorcycle and shit, and he's got like that. Love hat. Shia LaBeouf. So yeah, when it first shows him and he's got like the hat and the leather jacket, that's exactly yep. how Marlon Brando looks in the wild one. Like, and I mean like that is exactly how he looks. So that's kind of how that's that amazing. image became popular. I've always been obsessed with that sort of shit. Like, I mean, I freaking put pomade in my hair. I'm a very old school type of guy. <laughs> of a very old pomade in my head. I do old school pomade too like Murray's I don't use like that Ugh. tea tree shit I use Murray's fuck yeah <laughs> the good hold <laughs> hey it's good for your hair God. too it actually thickens up your hair oh does it mm-hmm. yeah it does hmm. I don't know I don't know the last thing I tried to use to thicken up my hair was horse shampoo so um <laughs> I was definitely one of those people using mane and tail shout out to mane and tail <coughs> Does that work? No. It makes my hair super, super fucking matted. Uh, no. I already have thick ass hair. And then I just fucking used horse shampoo? <laughs> like, what? why was that my thought process? Why Why did somebody tell me, yeah, no, mane and tail. Yeah, this right. is for your hair. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I gave them hundreds of dollars throughout my middle school career. Oh, really? For no reason. Yeah. It did nothing. That's how it, just, I, it literally gave me accidental dreadlocks. That, that's how I feel about, but I like back in the day, I used to freaking uh, spike my hair with the LA Looks gel. Like, oh, God. Yeah, like long time ago, back in freaking middle school and shit. Oh my god! I used, to, I used to use. I remember using gel. Yeah, I remember gel. Just having crunchy hair. Yeah, right. Like I wanted my hair to look wet and crunchy. Yeah, like some fucking pasta. Yeah, <laughs> right. That but was the shit. Remember whenever all the dudes would like spike their hair and shit, and it would be like these yep. little crunchy With spikes. Their frosted tips. I see. I never frosted the tips, but I had friends that did oh. for sure. I never. I never did that. Like I grew up very poor. That's we bad. couldn't do that. My like if my if if anybody got their hair dyed, it was my sister, and it was a very special occasion. <laughs> like we yeah, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Like frosted tips, get the fuck out of here. We need food, man. <laughs> we don't have much. I had a coworker once tell me that you know she was 
because me and this coworker, first of all, she's 17 and I'm 29. So like very big difference there. Mm. Um, but she was telling me about like her issues growing up and stuff. Cause she's one of those people that really struggles with white guilt. Right. And I always tell us like, dude, you're a good white person. Like, can you just stop? Like she needs right. that validation from somebody of color. I'm not kidding you or she might die. And so <laughs> we were talking about it and she's like, yeah, you know, like X, Y, Z were my struggles or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I was like, my five-person family had to share one can of tuna once. And she just stared at me, and she was like, oh, no, mine wasn't that bad. <laughs> she was like, I said. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I just thought we were trauma bonding, you know? Yeah, but I no, thought we were trauma sweet. bonding. Um, yeah, trauma bonding is the best way to get to know somebody, I think. Tramonding. So, and I, I love that I'm doing Yeah, tramonding. Yeah. I love that I'm doing it with a, a fucking minor, of all people. Oh my god, that's hilarious! The white guilt, though, like it is, it is so funny to see. It like, runs rampant. Yeah, because well, I'm like you know because like I'm okay, so I have like I'm a quarter native because my grandpa was half Apache, half Catawba. But I mean, that's it. Other than that, I'm like white as fuck. Like you know, like <laughs> I'm like super white, and it, it's just so funny seeing white people have that sort of like <laughs> attitude. Like, but also like not gonna lie, whenever I was growing up, because I grew up around like you know nothing but black friends and everything so when i got to see them fuck with white people it looked like the funnest thing in the world like i always wanted to do that you know walk by and give them like one of these you know <laughs> like <laughs> and then they're just kind of like you know? whoa okay sorry man <laughs> chill damn it's, yeah it's fucking it's it's hilarious it looks like the most fun thing in the world and i heard like i remember when my friends finally uh told me some white people jokes and i thought they were fucking great and he said um like one of them he's like what do you call a bunch of white boys sitting on a bench the NBA. What do you call? Oh, stop. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> you know, I doing comedy, I love doing really, really ballsy, dicey things. Yeah. Right. And of course, I've had to kind of evolve and adapt and reduce from doing certain things. However, my favorite jokes are always jokes based on race and i know that's gonna sound really bad and honestly that's fine i'll expose myself but like it's so funny to me because the way i grew up those kind of jokes were the funniest things i've ever heard in my life like hearing those in middle school and i remember that being a big part of me like wanting to watch stand-up comedy with my brother because it was very similar and it was very offensive mm -hmm. and i just thought it was so funny i was like they're making fun of people <laughs> and nobody's mad at them that's what an amazing way to let off steam. Right? You know, like, what an amazing way to be creative. And it's just a fucking joke. Exactly. Nobody got pressed about it. And it's, but you can't, like, even if you were to tell a joke about white people, they'd be like, why would you say that? I mean, well, everybody hates white people now, so maybe they wouldn't. Know, but right? you know what I'm saying? Like, I make jokes about Hispanic people, and I look very, very fucking Caucasian, unfortunately for me. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think that I do, but every fucking buddy else does, which I guess is fine. Um, it's not that. <laughs> but yeah like if i make a joke or if i call myself like a wetback or something they're like oh how could you and i'm like i am i though. am though. My, my dad literally came here on like a fucking banana boat and they're like oh my god stop and i'm like this is my life you yeah <laughs> go fuck yourself i'm not gonna stop yeah go again go fuck like going back to like a discussion we had yesterday or just i just <laughs> no i can't i can't with people telling people how to live their lives or how to heal from what is a part of them you know what i'm saying yeah and, and and people are just so afraid to fucking just laugh and take a damn joke now 
It, For real, what is so scary about laughing? I don't know. I don't know. It's because... It, Why it, does that deem you the worst person ever if you have a sense of humor? Because it's not divisive. Everything that is okay is all Ugh. that's divisive. Have you noticed that? Everything that's considered normal in mainstream society is like the most divisive shit in the fucking world. You know, and it's all just a gigantic case of divide and conquer. Yeah, you can't. There can be no unity. No, like, no, no, no. Because don't get along. The second, stop that right now. Exactly, because the second that there is, we're just gonna get ripped right the fuck apart. Back at the fucking seams, you know, like all this different crazy shit going on. Like there was that school shooting there in Michigan, actually. Like, and yep. there was um, something else that happened right before then. But like, literally, like um, during this time. Uh, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial is going on right now. Yeah. Like, and nobody's Hello? talking about it. <laughs> Everybody just forgot, apparently. Right? Really? Right? There and were literal sweaters that said Epstein didn't kill himself. You know, Christmas sweaters. I remember seeing them very recently, and all of a sudden, they're like, oh, another school shoot. Not to knock what happened, because that did happen like an hour away from me, and they still actually haven't been back to school since. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have school today either, so... I don't know, man. It's kind of crazy out here, but like, I hate to say it. There are more important things happening that we need to be focusing on. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we can't always hyper-focus on these occasions that happen far too often that are just taking away from the big things that we actually need to pay attention to. And that's why I hate the media yeah. as a whole. Yeah. I don't follow any side or any I don't watch any media. I don't watch any news and people will straight up tell me that's my white privilege. And it's like, no, that's just my fucking choice to not be violently depressed all the time because none of it's true. I can't trust any of it and it's not showing me what I should be seeing. Yeah. I have to seek out how and is, find out information. How is choosing what you want to look at white privilege? That's I don't get everything if you don't do it one specific way you're privileged or you should be so lucky that you're able to not worry about these things, bro. I've been worried about these things. Right, that's what we were. Yeah, exactly. Like we were saying <laughs> like, earlier, I'm, like I've been worried about these things. This yeah. is not new to me. Exactly. Just because you were two years old when I was worried about it. Doesn't mean that I wasn't ever worried about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or like, you know, or it's like you, or like just because like you're just recently becoming like educated about it. Don't try to educate me because I've already known about this shit. Like, like, don't try to come to me about this shit. Like, go ahead and talk to me years ago. And then whenever you told me to go fuck myself, like we were talking about earlier, you know, it's it's freaking it's it like that shit pisses me off so much because also like, yeah, there is a societal fucking privilege that definitely is towards like if I were a different like definitely. But to to use that as a catalyst for every single fucking argument, like Jesus Christ, like are you get some new material, dude? Like, honest to God, (laughs) pick anything else. But you've just got to go immediately to white. Yeah. Oh, that's very white of you. And not for nothing, okay, because there are definitely some shitty white people out there. There's shitty every people. Exactly. But, like, we can't just hate white people. I'm sure there's shitty extraterrestrials. Makes... <laughs> Fuck yeah, there's definitely shitty aliens out here just butt-fucking people without their consent. Absolutely, I Fucking probing motherfuckers. <laughs> just, you know what I'm saying? So, but the thing, what I really hate is just, like, this hatred towards white people. Mm-hmm. And the fact, and, and, and white I can go on a tangent about this, but white guilt pisses me off too because why the fuck do you feel guilty about something you never did? Exactly. Why do you feel guilty about it? 
Exactly. Just understand what happened and maybe don't be a slave owner. I don't know what to tell you. Well, but like, quit tripping. Exactly. And also, like, and, and anybody tries to push on me with that shit, I'm like, motherfucker, none of my relatives were even in this country like a hundred years ago. Like, none of them were in this fucking country. And the ones that were, were native. So they were here over in the fucking Carolinas, living on the fucking river, doing their fucking thing. Okay. <laughs> And I'm literally a first-generation American in my family. Like, before me, everyone was in Cuba. So it's like... Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm a uh, I'm a third generation. I'm a third generation, but like... And That's like, still pretty close. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Like, my, my great-grandparents, none of them were born in freaking the United States. None of oh. them were. Except for the ones that are Catawba over in the East Coast. And then they uh, came over here. They were also living in Colorado for a while. Then they came over here to Oregon and shit. But I mean, my my family, um, where they came to the United States because they were, my my last name is actually Jewish. So we were actually Ashkenazi Jews, uh, and we were living over in Russia. And we actually got chased out by the fucking Bolshevik. They came over, took our fucking farm away, and we're like, "You're out of here." And they put all the all the Jews over in this like separate area whenever the Bolshevik took over. And so that's why my family were like, because we were farmers. That's why we were there. And so like we were like, well, fuck. Okay. So now we got to (laughs) go. And so like that's why we came to the United States. Right. And it's like it's um, it's freaking it's crazy to watch these people that are just like you said, feeling guilty for something that they never even fucking did. And it's and it's it's I think that it's like it's crazy because I think this is a. I, I, I'm, I'm okay. Call me a conspiracy theorist, but I put a lot of patterns together and I notice things. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. I've called a lot of shit to the point where I have friends that call me Joe Stradamus because I've literally <laughs> predicted things. And I'm like, this is exactly the way this is going to go down. And to the fucking T, it goes exactly that pattern. And so like one thing that I can really see this happening is I think that all this divisive nature is literally just, and it's already happened actually. So I technically already been proven right but it's just it's re-causing segregation that's all it's doing it's, 100 yo holy that's yes. all it's doing is every time i've said that to somebody they're like that's racist and i'm like how the fuck how is it racist no please no. explain this to me because that's exactly what's happening exactly you're purposely pulling people apart by the races i'm sorry last time that happens i'm pretty sure it was called segregation so Right. And who are the ones that are really pushing for this whole agenda? It's all the people, all these rich politicians, all these freaking political groups that are doing these things. And I mean, it's and it's really it's almost like, okay, so if you were to be like a racist piece of shit, like fucking senator, president, whatever, some sort of political leader and you wanted segregation back. What would you do? You'd be like, let's go ahead and make it so, like we just like it just ends up happening this way, like you know where it's yeah. like, and it, it 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 that's what I think is happening because also if you look at um a pattern that if you so and look at like let's rewind to 2011 right so let's go about 10 years ago whenever the Occupy movement was like at its peak like whenever people were rallying together all races all freaking all ages everything they were like we are the 99 percent. you are the one percent there needs to be some yep. serious fucking changes right now they were trying to bridge the wealth gap and what happened was it fucking worked and the government got scared and society got terrified so then you have this that happens and then february 2012 was 
uh, Trayvon Martin gets killed. And then ever since Trayvon Martin died, it's been nothing but racial divide, gun control battle, anything that could rip people apart at the shreds. And look how bad 2012 was because you had Trayvon Martin getting killed. You had the Sandy Hook shooting, the Dark Knight Rises shooting, the Clackamas Town Center shooting here in Oregon. Like there was so many mass shootings and so much gun battle. And like that's immediately you can look back and that's when the division really started was in 2012. It's almost like the Mayans predicted it in a different way. And it was just like in 2012, y'all are going to get really fucked. (laughs) And And I remember that because that was 2011 was when I graduated high school. And I just remember getting out of high school and immediately doing just some punk ass shit. And just being like, wow, this is so cool. Like it was revolutionary, you know, like, and that's, I think how these like younger generations feel about this, but they're just doing it ass backwards. You know what I'm saying? Like they're just, they do not understand. They are just fucking and, and social media and the internet and access to it has made it so easy to get misinformation. And and by the way, might I add, it's not even just like divisive in the sense of races. It's also now becoming divisive in the sense of like vaccinated, unvaccinated. Yes. That's a huge division right there. Yes. And that's also, and I hate talking about that topic because I know that I might feel differently than most people who follow me about it. Um, so I, I try to refrain from talking about it. But what I will say is, my body, my choice is literally, if you're going to like preach that, like that needs to be preached through and through. It can't be one thing. Like, I don't feel comfortable having anybody tell me what to do with my body. Yeah, I'm you not know taking what I'm saying? it. And I, I, I'll, I'll I, say myself, I'm not fucking taking it. I'll 100%. That, like, I've taken, dude, I've taken tons of other vaccines, everything like that. But the thing about this is, is why were they trying to push a non-FDA approved vaccine on me when I can't even sell my tomato sauce unless it's FDA approved? what like like it, it's make it make sense it's rules for thee not for me and it's bullshit like and it's it is complete bullshit and then people again try to use and my mom is a queen at guilt tripping and i've always said this my whole life people will guilt trip the fuck they're like you're killing somebody's grandma man fuck that person's grandma to be honest it's you, not my fault no She's you're weak not and died how like <laughs> how did i kill somebody's grandma well and also even if you were vaccinated you would still be able to give the virus to another person. It doesn't stop you from giving it to somebody. So let's say, let's say I'm with a person. I'm not vaccinated. I'm with a person who's vaccinated. Neither of us are really at any more or less risk of giving it to the other person. It's not like when you're vaccinated, you aren't contagious like that. That's not the way it works. And for some reason, people are not seeing this. Like there's everyone is just very much like looking down this narrow hallway and it's just beautiful art on the side and the beautiful art is information. And they're just like, Nope. Just does it not feel like, does it not feel like you're trying to like shake the member of a cult? Like you have a friend who's been sucked into a cult and all you're trying to do is like shake them awake. You're like, bro, snap out of it. You're trying to fucking smack people in the face. I've been trying to do that forever. You know, I've, I've been, it's, it it's, really sucks. It's insane. And especially like, if you say that people are like, oh, so you're a Trumpy. And again, why does everything have to go political? Why does everything have to go race? Why does everything have to go? Why can't people just think the way they think? Exactly. When did that become bad? You know? Exactly. And like, well, my rebuttal for them is okay. I'm not though. So what's your next argument? Like right. I, I did not vote for him in either elections actually. So Boom. Let's talk oh, about you know something what people else. really love? People love when I say that I don't vote. 
because I don't vote. See, I think and that's I feel your... like that makes me super American, you know? I think that that is your American right to not vote. I am fully in support of people who don't want to fucking vote because I also, if I, I write in my vote, that's what I do. If I don't like either candidate, I'll write someone in that I think that should be president. Even if I'm the only person in the fucking country that voted for that person, I don't care. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I'll fucking put Jocko Willink at this point. He's that Navy SEAL guy. <laughs> He's fucking savage. I would trust him as a president. He's a fucking badass. <laughs> oh, my God. How did you... Um, this is actually a really good segue, because, you know, uh, on the podcast, I like to get everybody's first time they ever smoked. So let's hear the story of your that. first experience with cannabis. Oh, God. It wasn't even exciting, I promise. So I had moved from Miami to New York. It was the first time my dad, um, PCS, which is when they move military personnel to a different base, right? Okay. So we moved from Miami to West Point, New York, which is a big military base. It's actually like the college, the Annapolis for the yeah. Army, right? I was right? going to say, it's West Point. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's West Point. Yeah. A lot of people don't know what West Point is, but like, it's yeah, it's a, it's a thing. Um, <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> I was instantly bullied and just... Instantly, like, okay, I remember my first outfit in sixth grade was, do you remember Happy Bunny? Mm, I don't think so. A fucking bunny with, like, really shitty one-liners underneath it, like, bright colors. Oh, and it'd be like, yeah, go yeah, fuck yeah, yourself. Yeah. And it's just, like, a cheerful bunny. Okay, so I wore a bright pink Happy Bunny t-shirt. Um, I wore brown corduroy pants and some chunky boots. I looked ridiculous <laughs> and everyone just got a real kick out of it and also i was very tan because again i was coming from miami so i actually did look hispanic um and i remember one of the first things they asked me was like just to give me this is why i smoke weed y'all just so everyone knows so like somebody asked me does your family carry fruit on their head and back then sixth grade i was like i don't get it and then I grew up and I was like, holy shit, that's racism. That's super fucked. <laughs> I was like, did they think we were like the Chiquita banana lady? Like we just carried baskets of fruit? And I was like, oh, and that was the first time I realized like, what racism was. I think I was like 14. I was just about to be a freshman or I was just ending eighth grade and I had, had that realization. But no, I was in like, I was 13. So I was in seventh grade and I was hanging out with just scummy, scummy people. Because again, I did not fit in with anybody. I did not fit in with any of the females. Just had to hang out with these degenerates. Okay. I always flock towards the outsiders as well. That's just where we belong. The guy I actually first smoked weed with too broke into my parents' house and stole their like um wedding day wine or something. Oh shit. So like literal degenerates. Yeah, no. So we were smoking and back then, back in the day, we didn't have all these fancy names. It was like chronic, dro, cush, yep. swat. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't fucking Tropicana cookies. it wasn't any of that so it was some some like chronic or something right and it was just on a fucking branch i missed branches of weed but it was a branch of weed and we had a coke can and we just poked the holes in the Mm. coke can just we didn't even break it up we just fucking took a chunk off the branch and put it in there and just smoked it and it was disgusting because it was a coke can that had been in the woods for god knows how long No. And then I got to be, a, so that was the first time I smoked really shitty. And then I really smoked when I got to freshman year and I would skip school to hang out with this guy. His name is Guy. And I had the biggest crush on him. And we would just take a little hand pipe and just hang out in the woods and smoke weed. And then that's when I was like, this is nice. <laughs> right? This is nice. <laughs> so I was like 14 when I really started smoking, but 13 when I first smoked. And I was like, I guess this is how I make friends. 
Okay. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad story. Like, I, I think it's a great one. I, like I've said, like, that's one of my favorite parts of the podcast is I love freaking getting people's first time stories, you know, because it's it, it's it's such an interesting thing to see how everybody's eyes were opened up to this, like at the yeah. same time, you know, <laughs> I still remember. I don't know how, if any other stoner does, but I remember like specific moments of when I was smoking, like right before I started using heroin. I was 15 at the time when I started and I lived in Texas and I was in a tunnel. So Texas has no water, but they have ravine. They should be rivers, but there's no water. So then there's like these little tunnels under the bridges, right? Mm-hmm. And they're empty. And I remember going in there and we were smoking. And man, Texas had some of the best weed branches ever. <laughs> and I remember hitting it and just exhaling and being like, oh, I'm a dragon. And it was one of my happiest times smoking weed. And I don't know why, honestly. But it was just one of those moments where I was like, wow, this makes me feel so good yeah. but then i used heroin like two weeks later so honestly <laughs> then i used heroin like two weeks later so <laughs> Just, yeah so meh, but it's all good i'm sober now hell yeah what when did you ever uh tell me about like whenever you first got caught with weed like how did you ever get like what like how'd your parents did you ever get busted by your parents okay so i've gotten busted by my parents but i've never been caught by the law i have avoided the that- law I'm going to knock on some wood all 29 years of my life. I've gotten out of everything. That's awesome. Like, I have crashed cars as the driver, and I've gotten out of it, and I don't know how. That's crazy. That's insane. But, yeah, my parents have caught me smoking hella times. Yeah. Like, uh, how did they react the first time it happened? Were they, like... Oh, no, they lose it. They lost it? They, they're from Cuba. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. immigrants. Yeah. <laughs> they're Hispanic immigrants. They absolutely lost it. My dad literally just kept yelling at me that I was smoking dope. My mom was praying every night. No. Yeah. It took away my door so many times. It was just miserable. Yeah, my mom but, uh my mom was also very religious growing up and she uh yeah. definitely went the religious route. She threatened to put fucking police sniffing dogs in the house. Like she said, th- yeah, to bring fucking like the drug dogs and stuff, bring which was which here. was ironically uh later on in life when I was selling weed one of the times I almost got fucking pinched, like the only one of the only times I've like really been close to, except like I was literally accepting the fact that I was about to go to jail. Like I was just sitting there on the max because they we pulled up to this, this thing here in Oregon. It's called the max and it's like a, kind of like our subway. You know, it takes you from different uh, spots in town and shit. It's like our, right. our train system. And so I was on the max and I had like uh, weed and like a scale and freaking like I um I had uh everything that you know you would get in trouble for selling weed. I had bags scaled, all the weed, everything like that. And not a small amount either. And so I <laughs> I was on the uh I had my backpack and shit like that. We pulled up to the platform and then um on the platform I just see a bunch of cops with canines like and then this was when weed was still very much illegal but it was like you know in Oregon we've always been like cool with it but you could still yeah. you would you would get in trouble for what i had and so we um uh i was on the i was literally sitting there with my backpack on my lap and i looked over i saw the police dogs and the train the way the train system is it's broken up into two separate trains and it's like connected in the middle and so yep. they went on the front train and I was just waiting for them to come onto mine. And I was just holding my bag and I was like, okay, well, they're going to come in here. They're immediately going to come to my bag and uh, I'm going to jail. So what do I do? Okay. This is what I do when I get there. Like I was literally just mentally preparing myself for what was about to happen. And um, they were on the train in front of me and then they get off 
and then they kind of just look the train up and down and then they just signal him to go doors close we take off they had pulled some other guy though off on the other train and they were arresting him for whatever they caught on him i wasn't sure but i just kind of was looking at them as I, we passed by and i was thinking in my head well it was you or me buddy and today it was you yeah, it had to be one of us, and then today was your day. You you hopped on the wrong train. I hopped on the right one. <laughs> you yeah, you sat on the wrong side of the train today, yeah. buddy. <laughs> Should have come to the back. Hell yeah, and that was the that was the last time I ever carried that sort of shit on me ever again. Because I was also like really, I was really foolish with it when I was first selling weed. Like I used to carry like everything yeah. on me because I used to sell a lot of weed at the college, and I would sell out of the bathroom. So I had all my yeah. shit with me and I would just be like, Hey, you want a dub? You want an eighth? But I also like, I fucking miss buying weed back in the day. It kind of had a different element to it. I kind of miss it too. It was times. a vibe. You got to hang out with your dude. Yeah. But sometimes you had to, and that was the bummer thing. Sometimes though. you did have to. Yeah. And that did suck. Like I, I joked about this. Because there were a few this, weirdos. Right. I joked about this on a podcast I did with the high bud tenders in Las Vegas. And, uh, I was talking about like there needs to be a dispensary so people have to know what we went through like you know growing up buying yeah. weed and so the dispo is just it's just like a dude's living room that's what the dispo looks like and <laughs> there's only one strain you get to choose from and just you have one. yeah you have to pay whatever the fuck he's going to charge like and you have to do it because he's the only guy and you don't know when he was going to have this again and also, you have to stay for like 30, 45 minutes because the neighbors might get suspicious. Yep. <laughs> and then, and then, now, I, man, somebody just left 15 minutes ago. You got to wait a minute. Yeah, you got to hang out, man. <laughs> I just want to make sure my landlord's been watching the place, but so you know, you got to, you got to, you got to hang out. Do you want to play some Madden or Call of Duty? Do you want to play some zombies? Oh, my God. It's always, they always want to challenge you with a video game. Like, it, for me, it was always Madden. It's like, do you want to get your ass kicked at Madden? yeah because that's just what they do is just hang out sell weed and play madden or call of duty all fucking day long so i remember this one time this dude started playing the piano nice he was a friend of mine he had like a little keyboard he's like hey man you want to hear a song i wrote it's like sure nice why not see i'm a musician too so i'm gonna go yeah. Oh, that's very nice. I'm gonna leave now. God, I would those, never stick around. So, see, like in those awkward little moments, I kind of miss in a little bit of ways because, like, you know, like whenever you're ready to leave your dealer's house, but they're still like talking and hanging out, and it's like you're slowly edging your way to the door. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. And then you're you have a conversation, and then you kind of walk a little bit, and you're kind of maintaining the conversation, making your way this way, and they kind of follow you. Like you're just kind yep. of walking around the house yep. now for some unknown reason. Point something on, be like, "Did you see this? Did you see this like plant man?" Like, and it's like, "Oh, oh my, I see your fucking dude, plant. I gotta show you this video I saw on YouTube." <laughs> oh my god, I, I hate that sentence. I hate that sentence with a fiery passion. Oh really? <laughs> I've I don't know said what it. it I've my said brother it does it to me all the time. My younger brother. I've definitely said it a handful of times. Well, like when I took my break off social media, YouTube was. It really was like my only like social media sort of thing that I was on. And so like that's how I learned yeah. so much shit while I was off social media, though, because I had the University of YouTube at my at my fingertips. So like I literally watch two things on YouTube and it's Hot Ones and Binging with Babish. Those are both great great fucking <laughs> things to watch on youtube though no they're dope they're i but that's the love only thing I watch binging on with babish binging with like hot Dude, ones is I great too binging but binging with babish is 
fucking fantastic. I love that Dude, fucking he show. He is a man. What a killer concept, like for a show to make all those movies and TV it. dishes. Oh my gosh, they're so fucking delicious looking. Ugh. I love it. And I'm, I'm violently attracted to him, so it does not help. Oh, I bet you are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you but just, I'm like, so happy that he's married or engaged or whatever. So you're, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm fucking super happy for him. It's a lot. Super it's awesome. related for you, Babs. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> you fucked up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So you wanted to start a podcast yourself. You were talking about. Yeah. So what do you want to do with your podcast? What do you what do you want to jump into with the podcast world? Honestly, what it's funny, like what really got me into it was because I don't listen to podcasts. That's the funny thing. Like I don't do them, listen to them. Like I've just never really been one for podcasts. Um, and I love serial killers and there's all these great serial killers. Honestly, do it. I, I hate true crime podcasts. Like I, it's just so it's so annoying. I like inter- too much. I like trust. interview style podcasts. To be honest, like that's yeah, that's what I yeah. prefer. I, I I love I love just people discussing things, and that's why I really like hot ones, especially because it's hilarious and it's just casual conversation. And yeah, there's celebrities, but it's just casual conversation. I just I love talking. I love giving unsolicited advice. I love that. People tell me that they come to, you know, my Instagram page just to laugh. You know, I love providing that kind of service to people. And one of my biggest insecurities was my voice because it's like really raspy or whatever. And recently people are like, you got a great voice. And I'm just like, oh my God, thanks. So I don't want to be on camera necessarily. That's like way too much work. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure podcasting is not easy, but I just want to do something more than look at my screen and shout. You know what I'm saying? I want to sit down and have conversations, not necessarily planned, but just have them be organic and with different people who have gone through either similar situations, worse situations, better situations. I just want to learn from people because, again, I don't trust the media. I don't trust the news. Mm -hmm. I get my information when people tell me these things. And I'm okay living my life like that. I might miss out on some things, but I feel happy knowing that I'm educating myself the way that I think is best for me. And I think that podcasting will only just exemplify that, you know? Oh yeah, most definitely. Well, first off, I'll just say as someone who's been podcasting for just around over a year now, you would be really great for it. I'm just throwing that out there because also well, you, thank you. you do have a great voice for it. And I mean, I, 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 I've been told the same thing myself and we're just meant for this sort of thing, you know, like this is just, yeah. it's just, and it's in, and, and you're, you nailed it right on the money whenever it's, it's, uh, it, whenever you decided to want to start doing something with like more of that instead of just like the Instagram and try to like spread it out you know and just try to do other things and stuff because i think that's because it's like people can't watch those instagram stories when they're driving or when they're you know just sitting in their office they can but they can listen to a podcast and and also they yeah exactly and they also they provide uh they they provide different like they, they they provide different like um feels you know they, they just they provide different things you know like the, cause the great thing about like uh doing like you know the instagram stuff is because it's it's quick it's to the point people enjoy watching it you know yeah. you could also get a little branding deals at it and stuff like that like you can do whatever you want to do with it and then but the cool thing about podcasting is you get a chance to really sit there and pick a person's brain 
and let this yeah. amazing organic conversation flow. And that's why it's, and I, I like that you want to just let it be completely organic and everything like that. And just work out the, yeah, aw- you got to work out the awkward kinks yourself just at the beginning, you know, <laughs> like it is, it is hard to talk to people. And I actually did a few Instagram live interview sesh with like just a few people, a couple of friends. Um, and I called it baked fresh and it was just us and we were smoking and we were just talking about parenting and cannabis and, life and trauma and things that people are really uncomfortable talking about. I'm super comfortable talking about those things. And I welcome anybody to share their experience to just either give me insight or maybe their story will help somebody else. Like people don't realize how powerful words can be and how important it is to live your truth, tell your truth, speak your truth, and just love your truth. Because even though it might suck sometimes, you don't know the impact you could have on somebody else. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have told me, I mean, not to like fucking toot my own horn, but a lot of people told me that I helped them in some ways. And that's just so coming from somebody who constantly wanted to take their own life and would go through years of like self-harm and addiction to be told that you're helping somebody's life be better. Mm-hmm. That is the absolute best compliment you know that melts away any insecurity i could ever have just knowing that being honest and being myself that i was so scared to be is doing something positive for even just one fucking weirdo in this world you know what i'm saying and i say weirdo with the most love because it takes a strong person and an open-minded human to just talk to me be around me and be in my life so i honestly just love that even though it feels so tight-knit and like there's not many people out there who get me. It's just nice to have those people, you know? I think that once you start podcasting, there's going to be more people out there that get you than you realize. I think this is, yeah. uh, I think also doing, and you know, I'm, that's why I'm really thankful that you wanted to come on the show because like, I think this is going to be really great also for your audience, the people that follow you on Instagram that don't really know this side of you and haven't heard these things before and haven't really got a chance yeah. to hear you in an actual conversation and stuff. And I think that, I think you're going to find that, uh, I think you're going to find you have an audience quicker than you realize probably. I think you're going to have a, a blast doing podcasting and everything. That'd be stressful. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be really fun. It's stressful, but yeah, I mean, people can always go back and reflect. Instagram stories they stay up for 24 hours. Sometimes I delete them sooner. Well, too, if so you need like, any, if you like, like we were talking about earlier, if you want to pick my brain or you need any advice, you can ask me anything. Or you can freaking. Uh, I absolutely any, will. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'll give you a couple little tips, even just right now. Um, only interview people you're interested in talking to. Don't don't sure. ever don't ever feel like you should or have to interview a certain person because it might progress your show forward in any certain way. Don't ever feel that way because nah. like you know it's I've I've had so many people be like you should get this person on your show because they have this many followers or you should get this person and I'm like do not give a fuck about their followers dude <laughs> like I don't right. I don't care <laughs> like I I'll have somebody I've had people on my show with no social media. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, I don't, I don't, Dude, none, of that matters. none of that shit matters. None uh, of that matters. Dude. Especially if you, yeah, if you're doing like an interview style show, you know, just where you just want to have like a cool conversation with somebody or you want to ask them about what they do or whatever it was that they've been through. Only pick people that you've, you know, that you're interested in talking to and you can carry a conversation with. And also another piece of advice, and this is for anybody that's uh, wanting to start a podcast as well. Do not neglect the audio because like you know <laughs> like uh you're dealing with an audio only format so yeah. you want to make sure it's like 
sounding good. You know, like we were talking about earlier, there's a lot of podcasts out there that just sound like absolute dog sound like shit. shit. Yeah, sound <laughs> like absolute. Y'all gotta stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's and it's it fucking is really really unfortunate. And I've I've been really I've been really like uh, blessed because I've had people reach out to me saying like, dude, how do you get your podcast to sound so good? And these ones like weren't even sounding that bad to begin with, but I kind of gave them a little pointers, and then they freaking changed up their gear and everything like that, and now it sounds like a lot more crisp been a lot more clean and everything so i was able to give him a little rundown which is why i want to start like a business doing like consulting for it because i feel like i have a lot of insider info you should yeah no your podcast super clear it's it's functional it works it's a like it's funny it's got just enough humor and it's real and it's just it's what i like you know like it's right up the alley of podcasts that i would listen to it again i don't listen to many podcasts but yours i've definitely gone through like already seven episodes well that's also another thing that makes you that makes you perfect to be it thank you i really appreciate all that like that that really means a lot to me because from someone that also has dealt with a lot of uh you know depression a lot of anxiety a lot of self-doubt a lot of self-loathing throughout my entire life even in recent days like hearing people say they like the show really means a ton to me because also like i didn't even expect anybody to like it at all so like whenever people are like dude your show is fucking dope or i loved when you talked about this or this was really cool or something like that i'm like whoa that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) thank you that means so much to me i feel like garth from wayne's world i'm like thank you (laughs) it's like a weird it's awesome it's awesome what i was gonna say though is Another thing that makes you perfect for podcasting is because, believe it or not, most podcasters don't listen to a lot of podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to be great at it somehow. You will be. You will be. Well, it's because you just have the gift of of gab and freaking you're a good conversationalist, and that's really all it takes. You know, just and then learning about the audio and just a little bit about microphones and what not to use and what you can use. And then also just I also advise anybody that wants to start doing any sort of content in general, uh, whether it be podcasting, Instagram, YouTube or something like that. If you see uh, a thing you want to do and like like you, you want to like you want to talk about these things that nobody ever wants to talk about like you know like that's what you want to do so you already envision that in your head so i always advise people start before you're ready like just once you get the stuff just go don't don't be like well i'm gonna do it this time no just plug the fucking microphone in get a person that you want to talk to and just fucking talk like even Literally. even like you know even just give yourself a little intro welcome to the blah blah blah, blah podcast uh it's the first episode feeling a little awkward i don't know what i'm gonna say right now but i got a really cool person with me <laughs> you know you can just <laughs> but i have it. a friend yeah i got somebody here with me introduce yourself buddy <laughs> you know or so just and then just <laughs> let it flow your name. oh my god the the very first pilot episode of hippie speedball that's uh like not even it's it's out there but it's not on the show it, it's like a private link on youtube from a long time ago but it's uh me and my original co-host and it was terrible like it was just absolute dribble and we didn't even introduce the podcast like we literally just talked like talking just like it wasn't even like started talking we were just talking when the intro faded out like we were already like mid-conversation about something because i thought at the time oh that would be kind of cool if it like started off and we're already talking about something and then we could just kind of like people would just gradually pick up what we're talking about and then just let the conversation go from there and we never even was like hey welcome to the hippie speedball podcast like and this was the 
pilot episode, like episode one, the one that's supposed to get everybody's attention. And we fucking just <laughs> bombed it. You know, but I feel like that's how it has to be sometimes. You got to bomb shit in life to get it right. Exactly. It's like stand-up comedy, you know? like it, Literally, you I bombed it the first time, but I'm hilarious, you, you know? You are great. You are great, but, you know, and there's... And that's there's, another thing that people need is, like, please have confidence in yourself, even if you feel like you shouldn't. Like, just, just do it. Just walk around with big dick energy. Who's going to stop you, honestly? Exactly. If somebody's like, hey, you're fat, all you have to do is say, okay, and guess what? They're going to be more mad than you could ever be. Exactly. Why? Because you're not giving them reaction that they want. Everything is reactionary. So if you just, like, pretend like you're cool, and I know that sounds really shitty, like, fake your emotions, but honestly, just fucking, don't, who cares, you know? Just have some confidence. I'm some days you that. might not feel your best, but, like, just walk around and be like, yo, I'm funny as fuck. I say that so often. You and are. Just to random strangers, you know? Like, and they might think that I'm the cockiest piece of shit, but I'm like, I'm fucking funny. I don't know about you, but I'm hilarious. <laughs> and they'll laugh at that. They're like, oh, she's so confident. So, And they don't even say confident. They just say cocky or narcissistic. And I was like, mm, it's the truth, but whatever. That's so like, not even, that's not even close. Like, anybody who would call that narcissism doesn't know what narcissism oh actually is. Like, I've been called a narcissist quite a few times. Really? You don't come across as a narcissist at Dude, I was all. like, I literally have body dysmorphia disorder. I swear to God, and I swear to you, I am not a narcissist. I was going to say, like, you do not put off narcissist vibes no. whatsoever. It's big dick energy, 100%. Exactly. That's what you got to do. You got to walk in with your nuts swinging and scrape them on the forehead on your way out, you know? <laughs> and then you know what? They don't listen. Just say, hey, man, suck my dick from the back. Right? Mind the fruit. See, on my, I love that. Mind the fruit. I, that. That I was dying when it you said that. It took me a hot second to get that. When my brother first said it, I was like, oh my God, balls. Because, you know, I came equipped with a vagina. So I was like, what it is if you, oh. Oh. <laughs> Oops. Oh, that's fucking great. Well, I'm probably going to wrap this up. Amanda, this was a fucking blast. I had so much fun. You know, we've already burned through another hour and a half since we started this little second segment of it. So, like, it's crazy how fast it can just cruise by, right? This was awesome. So, let's let this was a blast. Let's thank you so much for coming through. This was amazing. And so, hell yes, anytime anytime definitely and so let's let the people know where they can find you on instagram and anywhere else where you might be online and what you know let, yeah let them know where they can find you i'm stoned i'm sorry oh my jesus christ no you're all good i literally only use instagram it's like the only social media i really give out or snapchat it's the same username i try to keep it real simple bong hits big tits not bong hits and big tits not big tits and bong hits bong hits Big tits. Bong hits, um, big tits. Also the title of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Caught your you eyes, motherfuckers, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, gotcha. No, and then, you know, I'll usually have, like, my little link tree out. And if I ever do anything, you know, regarding, like, my podcast. Oh, and then um, the Medicated Mama. That's my business. Um, there's underscores in front of the Medicated Mama. I don't know however you want to work that. But, yeah, everything's usually posted on Bong Hits, Big Tits, though. That is my main way of connecting with people. So, Perfect. That is where you guys can find me. I think and then that we should... I will announce oh. if I can. Oh, real yes, quick. definitely. Let's do it. Um, the name of my podcast is something that actually my mom and I came up with, which for anybody that knows me knows that that's wild that my mom had any part in it. But <laughs> it's called The Pot Roast um, because obviously pot and I will more than likely roast you. But yes, The Pot Roast, I'm hoping to launch it before the end of the year. But honestly, 
it's hard on the streets these days. So I don't know. We'll see when I get to it. But yeah, buying heads, big tits, we'll let you know. Definitely. Hell yes. I have the pot <laughs> roast. That's amazing. I would jump on it now before that podcast title is taken, though. Like I would have. I, I don't know how to do that. So I'm kind of scared, but I'm going to literally Google it as soon as we finish here. I was going to say, we, I'll, I'll help you through it. I'll guide you through it for sure. Yeah. And I think that we should do an Instagram live to promote this episode before we before we release it. And that way people can go. Oh, dude. People. I would absolutely love to. I actually had people asking me, like, is it available yet? And I'm like, we're not done yet. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you don't so even going. know, people. You don't even know. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah so and oddly enough, I'm I actually wore down. my Detroit Red Wings hat today, actually. That's kind of funny. I, was, I just happen to be wearing it whenever we do this. <laughs> so. I have nothing Oregon related, but. No, totally okay. Totally okay. It's all good. <laughs> well, thank you again for joining me. I can't wait to do the IG live with you, and you can come on the podcast anytime. This was a fucking blast. Oh, yeah, dude. I am super looking forward to the next time we get together on your podcast or mine or whatever. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been. The coolest thing I've done, honestly. So oh, shout out to you for putting so it together. Happy. Thank, it's been thank so you. I was so scared and this was literally just a really this really made me feel really confident going into the podcast world, that's honestly. What I and just feel like I am capable of doing that's this. What you know? I, that's... So I appreciate you, your generosity, your kindness, and your compassion. Definitely. Oh, anytime, anytime. That makes me super happy to hear. And thank you everybody for tuning into the Hippie Speedball Podcast. It is Joe, your host with the most Joe, and I will see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.